Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Attention. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it! Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, mouth. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything about the way. Temperatures on the first coast. We went from uh, tornadic winds yesterday to chilly temperatures today. You know, I saw some pictures of uh, folks that had some damage, man, and that was not good. Uh, so uh, hopefully, as much as we made fun of oh. the fact that much of business on the first coast shut down yesterday, oh. it actually proved to be a pretty severe storm. It, it was it was crazy because I, I you know, I, you know, I I take the the corridor. I, I you know, I got the long commute. Highway from, one. Yeah, from the AUG, and so I'm either doing, you know, one one corridor or the other, the interstate, which is not an interstate, okay? That is not fast travel anymore, uh, or uh, the U.S. one. Which and, the U.S. one is apparently where the tornado, if you want to call it a tornado, whatever right. it was, that's yeah. actually where it rolled through. Well, I saw some pictures, and, and heck, man, uh, I, I feel for anybody who had to deal with it, but uh, but there were, it, it looked like a ghost town in certain areas. You know, they had rolled up the sidewalks and said, you know, we're not working this afternoon, and which I thought was a little over the top. But at the same time, you saw what happened over on the West Coast, Panama City and all them. They kind of got raked pretty good. Uh, so severe storms in a lot of places, uh, and it's going to turn into snow over the weekend. Uh, even up in Kansas City, you're talking some cold, cold, cold temperatures. Minus 7 degrees is what they're talking about, uh, which the Miami Dolphins are going to have to figure out how to play in the cold. So welcome in, XL Primetime, Golf Club of Southampton, Wednesday. If you did suffer any damage yesterday, let us know, uh, just so we can get an idea of what did happen. Hopefully everybody came out uh, smooth sailing. I, I heard from my, my beer boys. They made sure all the beer was delivered, okay? There were other truck drivers that, uh, that had to sit on the sidelines. No, 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 no. They made sure. Uh, that they got the coal cans uh, to you. That's right. That's yeah. important. True yeah. American That's heroes. Right. Yep. Yes. The original, Did they get tips, though? Yeah, the original NFG. Just mm. taking care of like them. Like those, sure. uh, the DoorDash drivers we were stumping for on yesterday's yeah. Exactly, because Augie Bush pointed out to me quickly. He goes, yeah, my guys ain't looking for tips. They're just making sure that it gets delivered. That's exactly what it's all about. All right, so let's talk about two or three things as we get going uh, Jaguars obviously still top of mind. You lead Jaguars today. You come into XL primetime. You still want to talk about the hometown team. So we will definitely do it, especially when we start identifying uh, what's going to happen on the defensive side as far as coordinator candidates, all that kind of stuff. There's been a, a little shakeup here and there around the National Football League that's going to help paint the picture on what's going to happen draft-wise, what's going to happen maybe if uh, another shoe drops with, say, Bill Belichick up in New England. So we're going to dig into all that. Uh, the Chicago Bears keeping Matt Everflus, but what did they do with their offensive staff? Kind of like what Jacksonville did with their defensive staff here. We'll get into all that. Uh, today, but I want to ask this very simple question, and we'll make it an X poll. Uh, would you pay for one game of playoff football? Because that's what Peacock is banking on. If you don't have Peacock, in other words, you guys can let us know what your subscription fee is now, and if you got it because you want to be able to watch the NFL postseason, or if you're going to sign up and buy it just to watch that one game, standalone. Fins Chiefs. What say you, Leon? Would you? Well, here's the. <clears throat> I already have Peacock. By okay. The way. All right. It, it costs me three ninety nine for the year. 
Uh-huh. All right. So you, the year? Yeah. The year? I got it like two years ago. I've been sitting That is a bargain for me. Three ninety nine for the see. Same so, man. So, How much you, of those so, chops? so you late bloomers. <laughs> it's probably three ninety nine a month for a year. Yeah, well either way. <laughs> before you get into your explanation about seven dollars. How many things have you watched on Peacock since you've gotten it? Oh, I watch uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Every yeah. night. I love it. He, he, that's I, that's they, just good. That, it has all that, the episodes. That is a great show. It has, it has Martin, all the episodes of Martin. I on love it. Martin. Martin, uh, another uh, one of the, the underrated office, comedians. Parks and Rec. Yeah, it's got yeah, all, the, the, all, the, all the great. Yo, Martin Family, absolutely. It has all the great comedies. Because I've been skeptical, Leon, and this yeah. is even with Cheers to Gloria. family ties. <laughs> like, the Netflix yeah. selection is kind of... Yes, yeah. yeah. In the last few it's nose years, diving. right? Yeah, it's been nose. And diving. even Hulu, it, it's it's good. It's a lot of the shows that are currently on TV. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the two thousands, those well, shows that I wouldn't consider old school, but they mm-hmm. were a hallmark of at least my my, my foundational years. How I Met years, Your Mother. How I Met yeah, Your yeah. Mother. They're all yeah. on Peacock. Yeah, yeah that's everything's true. Everything's on Peacock. Now, I'm gonna tell you another one that's pretty good. Is Tubi. Tubi's pretty good. I've got oh, that too. Tubi. Now I watch Tubi because I'm a Pam Grier fan and I mm-hmm. love watching Coffee. <laughs> Listen, but, yeah, I, but it's a good one though. But yeah, Peacock. Fair. I've been having Peacock, Peacock for about two years. I now. did figure out how the Prince uh, found Meghan Markle too. I did figure that out just mm. by watching Suits. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Harvey Specter and 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 Mike Ross and all of them. But it was all all about about. Honestly, I believe the Prince was watching her back in the day. Yeah. I'm almost done if with it's Suits. Just very that. talented yeah, woman. Yeah. Very yeah. talented. If it's just that, very talented. Yeah, almost Any done. Outside and I. TLD and I have been watching A lot of complaining outside. Like, yeah. As Derek from Indiana on the yeah. text line brought to you Lifetime Enclosures points out, Yellowstone, also on Peacock. Oh, yeah. Although yeah, it's you know, also kind of on Paramount, too. Yeah, exactly. Because I need to get back on it. Y'all, y'all introduced me to Yellowstone. Yeah. I, I I got through the first season and then went halfway through the second. And then Bro, I haven't watched it Don't even do it because they're not going to finish the show. Then yeah, but still go watch. right to 1923. Just skip Yellowstone and just go right. Okay. No, no, no. You watch that bad boy. I would watch 1883. Okay. 1923 and Yellowstone. I would, yeah, yeah, they're all good. A lot of they're years. years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry to remember. I am watching a show right now that I'm not in love with that people have told me for years is great. Mm-hmm. Mad Men. Yeah. I'm in like Mad halfway Man. through season three. I'm like, <sighs> well, you know There's what? some great episodes, but I would never consider this a great show. I do show. consider it one of my favorite shows of all wow. time. Wow. All time. And I've told I- you before. Is that it, he's not a likable character I whatsoever. Know. That's what I, I love him. I love him. <laughs> There's a deep, deep person, like so many layers of Don Draper. Yes. And, and that part I love. And then I'm just fascinated with the whole advertising game and then the fact that you could hold a baby and smoke a cigarette that at the same time. I do enjoy just, the day drinking and yeah. constant smoking at work. Yeah, it blows my mind. And the, Christina Hendrickson. Yeah. All, all the, the women in the show. The women in the show are my favorites, actually. Like they're yeah, January Jones and yeah, but but it was just such a uh, an interesting time. That's for yes. sure. When men were men, as yeah, they say. and women were basically <laughs> you know struggling for recognition and power and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, I I loved it. It was one of my favorite. Peggy's a watches. good character. And Sterling Cooper. I mean, my gosh, that oh dude. yeah, yeah. He is. I like it. the guy that makes him take their socks off. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we do have the poll out. All right. Um. And yes, if you haven't noticed, the Jags are not playing this weekend, folks. We're talking TV what already. What are you doing this time of year? <laughs> um, we should make that a poll. <laughs> Well, <laughs> how are you planning on watching the playoff game on Peacock this weekend? Question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. I gave you four choices. Already have it. Yeah. Paying $6 for the game. I'm going to pirate it yeah. or not watching at all. And uh, the winner right now or the the leader is actually not 
watching. Yeah, oh, wow. I think a lot of Jags fans they, <laughs> yeah. they took to heart. <laughs> They're anti- when, when, Jags when, fans. When they said just on Monday, better. "I'm just not going to watch the playoffs," they weren't kidding. Yeah. Well, All right. So just uh, and if you don't mind, if you do hit that reply on the X poll and you you like maybe click on the cheat code, you might share that with us. Okay. If you if you don't if you if you don't mind, okay, we might go with that one. We wouldn't mind. Yeah. Someone already asked, "Is it not on cable?" I I that's what I'm saying. No. I don't think a lot no. of people realize only in the local no. market. It's going to be like 7:45. On Saturday night, you're, people are ready to watch the game, and they realize, oh, out. it's not even on TV. Yeah. You know who's been trolling me on social media? Oh. Steeler fans. Oh, really? They were telling me to come home. I oh. said, I am home, baby. I am home. They, this was their opportunity. Oh, no. they, they thought they were going to pull me in because they made the no. playoffs. Do they really think you're going to believe in Mason Rudolph over uh, the Buffalo yeah, Bills? Yeah. Well, you know, well, I mean, Honor and Blitzen, you ain't backing here's him But they found a way to get in the playoffs. That's, what, that's to be applauded right. Some, some, yeah. in some capacity. And let's bring this – Back here to Jacksonville, and I was just having this conversation with Dylan Denmark, Pockets, if you may. Um, let's say the Jags won, won on Sunday, mm-hmm. and they're playing the Browns this weekend. Let's say they win again this upcoming Saturday. They have to go to Kansas City or Baltimore. And even if they get thumped there, would Doug Peterson make the changes that he made this week over the last 48 hours? No, absolutely is not. That he would in, not. Is that in the best interest of the football <clears throat> team long term? Well, I mean, listen, winning is the cure-off to everything. Yeah. It is, absolutely. But the Jaguars have made the playoffs and and won the playoff game and went to the second round. There's no way he makes those changes. I mean, the fact that this team imploded, the way it imploded, that, that's the reason why that coaching staff was fired. They, the, winning cures all. There wouldn't even been a concern about the defense or all the other kind of stuff the Jaguars made the playoffs. They did it to themselves, right. quite honestly. Now, it doesn't mean that when they did eventually lose, whenever that happened, that mm-hmm. he still wouldn't have made a change on that side of the ball. But I agree with Leon. I'm yeah. not so it, sure he would have. Yeah, I guess it depends on how you finish. Like, I mean, in other I'm, words, yeah. if they go to that second game, like it's so funny. The narrative is still, will Jerry Jones keep Mike McCarthy if they lose this weekend? They had a great year, but if they lose mm-hmm. this weekend, that – Oh, he's gone. Is, is gonna, he's gone. He's going to be. That, that's uh, just how Jerry operates. Take a look at what's happening with our dude up in Philadelphia. Okay, mm. things have gotten really, really warm for Nick Sirianni uh, a year after being in the Super Bowl. They want to bounce his behind. And so all I'm saying is that if they were to lose, let's just say they go to that second, you wow. got the euphoria of the second week of the playoffs and you lose 27 to, to 2. Right. I'm, I'm exaggerating. But, yeah, then they would take well, a hard well, well, I mean, The reason why I, I think that Nick Sirianni is on the hot seat and the reason why Doug had to make changes is because as an as a owner, you're looking at the, the institution of the team. He, you feel like the coach doesn't have the grasp of the team anymore when you lose those kind of games down the stretch. The mm-hmm. same way with the Eagles. The Eagles have lost some games that are mind-boggling. I They've mean, lost six of seven. Yeah, they lost a six of yeah. seven. You started 10-1. and one. If they lose to the Bucks on Monday night, Leon. Yeah. They mean, may bounce his behind. Yeah. A year after he went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and that's, again, in spite of making the playoffs and being the first team to double-digit wins this year. And so that's where, look, again, it's 48 hours, 72 hours removed since the Jaguars' stunning loss to the Titans. The sun is finally shining for the first time in six days, so maybe that's why I'm looking at this through the glass half-full perspective Mm -hmm. but if what we have been told what we were were reporting yesterday is true and there was infighting and dysfunction in certain areas of the operation but it was covered up for the first 11 12 weeks of the season by the fact that they were eight and three maybe this is a good thing so long as Doug Peterson puts the right people in place moving forward it's so funny it forced them to take a look in the mirror and say maybe we're not as good as we thought we were Oh, I think they got to take a hard look in the mirror. I think they have, based on what happened, 
because the reality is this. They let it slip away. They let it slip away. And here's what's so crazy. All right, let's make this the 10-10 take because this is what's so crazy as far as, like we just mentioned a minute ago, this time a year ago, you were making plans for your playoff tailgate. Now, Josie's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pitmasters since 68. Which probably included some Sonny's, okay? Because you were getting ready to tailgate. You were going to be at tailgaters everywhere else wrapped around the bank. And this time a year ago, you were getting ready for the postseason. First postseason game this team has had in a long, long time at home. And we all know what happened. Now, here's what's crazy. That was a 9-8 and eight football team, and this is a 9-8 and eight football team. What's different? We all know what happened. Instead of winning down the stretch, winning 5 of 6 to get in and then winning a playoff game, they lost 5 of 6, and they didn't get in. So the difference between 9-8 and eight is the worst possible feeling this year versus the most euphoric feeling you had a year ago. And so it's the same record but it doesn't feel anywhere near the same. So with the 10 take, I mean, basically you have to look yourself in the mirror, Leon, and say, who are we? What are we going to be? And I do think that Doug Peterson was smart enough and swift in his actions to say, you know what? Certain people in this building, at least in his mind, were not putting the work in, and he wanted to make a profound change to change that. Yeah, and but more than just the record. Here's the thing, Joe. That was, vir- just, that was virtually the same team yeah. From last year, I mean, yeah. we didn't have, we didn't make that many changes. I don't think we made any changes. Calvin, well, Calvin, Reed, uh, we, made, we, we made we made additions. Mm-hmm. Hey, absolutely, but yeah. what, so what's the difference between that team finding a way to win in December and this team finding a way to lose in December? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's you a fair can, question. I, I, I mean, you could say it's the coaching staff. You could say it was uh, the relationship between the players and the coach. But listen, I, I and, and I'm. I'm going to defend my guy, Brenton Buckner, because I know him and I play with him. Well, mm-hmm. If you're not playing well and you're not getting it done, he's in your face. He's calling you out. He's making you feel uncomfortable. you know. And a lot of these players probably don't like that. They don't like to be called out. He's going to call you out. He's going to, he's going to be assertive. He's going to point the finger. He's going to let you know what you're not doing, especially if you're losing. Now, if you're winning, he's your biggest cheerleader. But mm-hmm. if you're losing, he's going to call you out because he was that as a player with the Steelers. He would, he would call out veteran guys he played next to as a rookie when if they weren't getting the job done. So I know I, – I, I, I'm i sure that his transition from playing to coaching right. probably didn't change a lot. So, I mean, and, and you know, I'm not yeah. – I, I feel like the, the thing that's probably getting him and them is the overall decline from what they were in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And as we have all talked about it, we, the Campo and Joe podcast yesterday and Coach laid it out uh, and even did it on XL Primetime um, – basically saying that the takeaways masked a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And when you take a look, if you think about what Brinson's bunch did at the end of last year, and this includes Roy Robertson, Harris, Matt, who we lauded and talked about how, how, how instrumental he was down the stretch. They did not get to the quarterback often enough this year. And then the book on it, at least as it's um, people around the building, as I'm made aware. And I think, you backed this up yesterday, is that coaching staffs were leaving early when the work wasn't done. And that is an, the main seed that led to him making well, that. Well, here, here's the thing. And, I, and, and I, listen, I played on the team that, that, that had a five-man front when they rushed you, all right? Mm-hmm. But on the outside, we had, we had Lloyd and Green. The guys interiorly would just push guys. If they got sacks, fine. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't expected for them right. to get sacks. 
But if they got sex, fine. But those guys that were in, interiorly in the middle, I, 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 I consider them run stoppers. Yeah, they're I, supposed I don't to collapse them, the pocket. Yeah, I don't consider them pass rushers. I, they're, they're run stoppers. The pass rushers are outside. And the pass rushers, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, are the ones who got the pressures and got the sacks. And those guys interiorly are probably in play in place mm-hmm. to be gap control guys to stop the run and push the pocket. So, I mean, what what – I wasn't expecting Roy Robinson Harrison had no double digit. Or no, no. Sacks. I think I think more than anything else is they were designed to stop the run in the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the year they did they weren't able to do that That's nearly true. as much. And well, they, I think they, they weren't they weren't gap control guys. Yeah, at the, at the and end. it's not just Brinson's bunch; it's layers of defense. It's front, middle, back. Yeah, there were, if, there were liabilities you, in a lot of spots. If you don't have the talent, okay. But here's another. Thing. I want to say this first before I get into this little mm-hmm. rant here. My guess is, and I haven't looked at this. I don't know if there's two starting deep edges, ends, whatever you want to call them, with more, more than 27 and a half sacks. Yeah. In the league right? this year? Yeah, that productivity. No, there wasn't. No, they, they, they were at the, the top. Most. So they're they the, the tops. Top. Okay, yeah. so right And there. by the way, not only did they have the sack number, and I'm pretty sure this held up going in the last week, the most pressures from right. two guys. Right, so, so my, my whole thing is this. It, the rest of that defense struggled, mm-hmm. okay? And, and it's then incumbent upon the coaching staff to find a way to put them in position to not struggle. Right. When the offense can't score points, when they can't protect, you then can't keep banging your head against the wall and trying to throw quick stuff to the perimeter or trying to throw swing passes. You got to at some point, hey, let's maybe we should, we should max protect. Right. And then tell Calvin, Calvin Ridley, you got to win. Yeah, tell I, Evan Ingram, you got to win because we're coming to you. And by the way, after the Kirk injury, and it might have been after the Zay injury as well, they max protected and were successful, and then they went away. I, I just, I just feel like they're they're so locked in and set on what they do, especially offensively, that they didn't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. You know, you you could easily just say, honestly, you could easily say, if Anton Harrison doesn't have that holding call, they're in the playoffs right now. Correct. That's one play, one play. So. I think the best thing that not making the playoffs has done is, and whether this comes up publicly or not, mm-hmm. they've got to change on offense. Yeah. They've got to change philosophically on offense. Yeah. Yeah. You, cannot, that, you cannot keep throwing the ball to the perimeter and think you're, you're, it's going to change because that, it's not. That's that self-scouting that we lauded Doug Peterson and company for doing last year, and they, didn't, yeah, they did the not do a very good job of it. The ball goes downfield vertically. It yeah. doesn't go horizontally to the perimeter. Well, I, I think we all, we, we all look at it, and we, ha- and we all know when we watch football what we like to see and what – ultimately wins is the ability to do everything well okay well, or you could what, just do a majority of the things well or you could do and here's the here's the best part joe yeah. do what your players do well yeah calvin really runs a slant really well fine, bing, 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 how bing, many bing. times did they yeah. throw a slant to that yeah. cat twice yeah. all year and, and so so Some that part of there it, he's got a big a body who can he can shield defenders Throw the damn slant. Yeah, it's and, not that difficult. Yeah, and I, I totally like. I will not argue saying, "Hey, Press had this great play sheet." I'm not going to argue that at all. But what I am saying is that you need to do more than one thing well. And the biggest thing, the biggest liability, I think that limited them, which that slant play would have helped poor line protection. Because what are you doing? You're getting the ball out quickly. You're getting a guy in open space where he can turn up field and use his body and athleticism. But poor line play. And then they couldn't do one thing out of all the stuff that you're supposed to do: short passing game, deep threat down the field, or run the football. They couldn't really do any of them with any regularity, and so that's yeah. that's that all adds up to bad. And you you need to prove. In other words, if a defense takes something away, and you can you can go to this, Leon, as far as 
back in if it was Fred Taylor or Jimmy and Keenan, okay? They take Freddie away, you've got an answer with Jimmy and Keenan or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If if you, if you try to if you let's see if you, that's that's why I love so much about our team is that we had so many weapons. If you try to come and stop Fred, then you, you damn sure ain't gonna leave, you gonna leave Jimmy Smith <laughs> on one on one coverage, press man coverage. That's a nightmare. Well, right by there. the way, what was Jimmy's best play? <laughs> hmm? What was Jimmy's best play? Like best Jerry route. Rice's What's best, the best go, route? The go route. The go and the slant. Mm-hmm. Just like Jerry Rice. Yes. Well, that is true. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go around. It does make your point, yeah. Jimmy then, Jimmy was literally uncoverable on the slant. He was. Because and, he was big, he was fast, he had to, you had to you had to respect the deep the deep throw. So and he's big, he can shield defensive backs. Mm-hmm. He killed on the slant just like Jerry yeah. Rice did. So same t- thing. So two routes I want to take this conversation. Um number I know we have to hit a break as well, but number 1, this is why you would hope Doug Peterson, despite this past year saying he wanted to be involved in all facets of the operation, that's why he gave play calling to press. Regardless of if he goes out and he hires, I'm going to say it, if he goes out and he hires Frank Reich to come in and be the babysitter, regardless of that, I would anticipate Doug being more involved on the offensive side of the ball in terms of preparation of the actual offense and how it is constructed. So that's number one. Number two, on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 609. They did do that. They did max protect. Calvin did win. Trevor missed. Get someone that can throw the slant. <laughs> Get someone who can throw the slant. Stop, I don't know what game it, he's watching. Yeah. Or yeah. games uh, he's yeah, watching. Yeah. Or and, she. And, and, and look, when, when, when we mm-hmm. criticize, we include Trevor in the criticism. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Six, yes. 16 is not exempt. But he is not the central focal piece of this problem. He's got to get better. And I think what Doug Peterson decided to do was, I'm I'm going to work harder on that side of the ball, and I'm going to go get somebody to do a better job on the other side of the ball because Trevor does need to be better. And Doug needs to be hands-on. I think you said it yesterday, Matt. Uh, you know, We have the, the quarterback whisperer on with us every week. But that guy, Doug Peterson, just like all the other guys, I mean, they are born to develop quarterbacks that's what they are born to do and he needs to do a better job of that all right let's hit of that uh real quick that just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars well this is interesting per jeremy fowler of espn the carolina panthers have blocked the jaguars request to interview their defensive coordinator Ajero avero for jacksonville's coordinator job Carolina plans to interview him for their head coaching position. He, of course, led the Panthers' fourth-ranked total defense despite the worst offense in the National Football League. It's probably Jer- for the best since we don't have to know how to say that name. Yes, yeah. there's that. You can say it twice. He is. I mean, so yeah. there, there's two sides to this because I was yeah. talking to Coach Campo about it as well. Like, Avero comes from, obviously, he worked with Frank Reich, and mm-hmm. that's obviously familiarity to Doug. The, yeah, the tie to Doug. He also has been the D.C. in back-to-back seasons for coaches that got fired midway through the season because of how piss-poor their offense was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Maybe. And let's not forget now, Wilkes was a very instrumental piece up there in Carolina because when he was the interim, when Rule got bounced, his defense held up really well, and their run game held up really well at the end of 22. And then they made Frank Reich the guy. So, yeah, it's not like he's not qualified, but we shouldn't dismiss what Wilkes did up there. But it does, interestingly enough, it does suggest that Doug already had a plan of what names he's interested in interviewing for that vacant position. And I couple that, or pair that, I should say, with perhaps the most, well, we'll get to Wink Martindale in the second segment of the 12 o'clock hour because I think that's one of the funniest stories right now Mm -hmm. in the National Football League's offseason. But Patrick Graham the respected defense coordinator 
of the Raiders, who you can try to tie some things that Doug may have interest or a connection to him. Um, he received a request per Ian Rappaport to interview for a D.C. job elsewhere. Las Vegas blocked that because they're going to allow their new head coach the decision whether or not to keep him on staff before they let him go interview for other jobs. You know, Dan, <clears throat> it's I'm funny. wondering if it was the Jets. No, wait, wait, it's, it's funny you say that because I, I'm thinking if Doug has already had that in the mind that he was going to go after defense coordinator, at what time? Because – you know, they still had a game or two left before. So he's in the team meeting room looking at Carl Wilson. I'm going to fire your ass if you lose the next, <laughs> we'll be losing next well, two games. you know, I think down the stretch, honestly, when we talk about losing five yeah. of six yeah, yeah. and physically getting beaten up, and it wasn't just the defensive side because the offense got beaten up as well by mm-hmm. other other teams' defenses. But he had to be doing that eval every single every single week. What's your game plan? Where are we at? Uh, what, how, how much we, work are you putting in? All that type of stuff. Yeah, the reason stuff. I was just asking, I was just figuring out what, what, what was the tipping point mm-hmm. in which Doug is sitting in the team meeting room with all the coaches, and he's saying to himself, okay, this game we lose. I'm going somewhere. I'm going in another direction. Yeah. I'm just saying. My I'm tipping just saying, point. I'm just wondering where, where, when Doug's tipping point, when he, yeah. made, he made that decision in his mind that he was going to If you this. take a look at what Jake Browning and Joe Flip and Flacco did after they beat Jacksonville, they at least held up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Browning probably turned some heads a little bit more than maybe uh, we thought. Joey Flacco definitely turning back the clock. So that definitely, you know, those two guys, you can at least argue that that's how they had success against this team. It's making ba- Baker Mayfield look good. Christmas Eve might have been the coal delivered to Dougie Fresh's stocking, and he just looked at that and said, how did we just do that? How did we just let that cat operate like that against this defense? Like like Matt said, if Anton Harrison doesn't have that holding call, (laughs) we're probably not even here today. No, they're in the playoffs. All right, so let's keep it going. We got that. We're going to do our 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 Pacifico push to the playoffs and take a look at the entire uh, National Football League. We'll be doing that coming up thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. If you're looking at a great golf course that you want to plan an event for, just take a foursome out too. Think of the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, you definitely will not go wrong. They always work hard to make sure it's in great shape no matter what month it is, what time of the year it is. They can definitely do it for you. And don't forget tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night, trivia, and then Friday night, under the lights, music on the patio with a great menu set up for you. It's all happening at the Golf Club of Southampton. 287 play. Get on the tee sheet and head on out there. So let's stay on your Jags. And then, like we said, let's take a look at all the other storylines heading into the postseason, which unfortunately, Duval ain't a part of. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Who says the Jaguars' season is over and thus we have nothing to talk about? There's oh so much to get to in the wide world of sports on this Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday on XL Primetime. Mia O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hazley, on Cersei, and J.J. LaSelva. We are with you until 3 p.m. I look up at my TV and after seeing the headlines this morning that Aaron Rodgers will not appear on the Pat McAfee show until uh, maybe the NFL season starts up again this fall, I see Phil Mickelson. Saying John Rahm is signing, signing a contract to bring two sides together. Ah. World peace, folks. Maybe it will be achieved. World in peace in the golf world, says Phil. We'll see. Here we'll it see. is. Signing a bridge to bring two sides together. Yeah. Oh, Phil. Never change. Never Collecting change. Collecting a lot of cash. Speaking of, yeah, right. Speaking of chaos, uh, we, we mentioned the news, and in case you missed it, the Jaguars did put in a request to interview Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator 
Ijero Avero to be their DC. That has been blocked because he is considered a candidate for their full-time head coaching position, despite never being named the interim. It's almost like they get to cover their bases. Both of the jobs, or the candidates you were talking about, both of them are uh, you know, at least kept in-house for the here and now. It's almost like David Tepper said, you know what, you got me fined 300 k which granted is a cup of coffee for me, but I'm going to stick it to you, Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Take yeah. that. Um, another coaching name that has been circulated as a potential to succeed, Mike Caldwell as defense coordinator here in Jacksonville, Wink Martindale. This is as fascinating a storyline as it gets, and this is the chaos I was alluding to. So the reports now say that Wink stormed out of a meeting Monday afternoon with Brian Dayball, the head coach of the Giants, after Dayball said to reporters, Wink will be back. I have no plans to change my defense coordinator. Apparently, they got into a heated argument, which ended with Wink Martindale, the veteran defense coordinator, cussing out Brian Dayball, storming out, telling several reporters he had submitted his resignation, Mm -hmm. and yet the Giants say they have not received that paperwork. Additionally, he's under contract till 2024, and he technically hasn't been fired. So if a team was to request an interview with him, they would need the Giants' approval. And now the news that Wink Martindale is wandering around Terminal A at Newark International Airport waiting to go home. Where else? What's the great state of Florida? Yeah, sunny FLA. And look, you're, you're under contract, and obviously they, they can do something, but you also can't quit. And then you would at least have to deal with whatever the team is requiring of you, and then maybe you might be able to go and look for another job. I love the fact that he just went gangster on him. He just went rogue and, and, and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to control the narrative, at least the early part of the narrative he was able well, to. Well, now they're saying that they never received the resignation letter. Yeah. <laughs> like – like, what are we doing here? Is he trying to, like, say he has leverage, Leon? Or, like, yeah. I, I've never heard anything like this. Yeah, he has no leverage. He absolutely doesn't has no leverage. So. It doesn't appear so. Because he can't quit because he's, he's going to probably have to pay some of that money back, just like players do. They can't quit in the midst of their contract. Mm-hmm. And if they haven't gotten a resignation, um, I, 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 he's in a situation right now where he's going to probably have to apologize to the coach. And this isn't the first guy that's tried to control the narrative uh, and it hasn't worked out. Yeah, so well, I'm you know, sure he let emotions get involved. They get some heat, them heated battles in, uh, in those team meeting rooms with the head coaches and mm-hmm. assistant coaches, especially if there's a team that's not playing well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. and so Martindale's a guy who's a risk taker, uh, you know, kind of a, a ballsy dude on that side, you know, calling a lot of blitzes. And we, we've seen different styles that have worked in the National Football League. And, and, and he's a guy that was well-respected when he left Baltimore, went up to New York. Mm-hmm. So he's been around. Another guy that was thrown out uh, yesterday to me, which is at least worth throwing out there, a mutual friend of ours, sirs, but uh, Leslie Frazier is a good name mm-hmm. yep. that you certainly could look at <clears throat> out of the basic coaching ranks right now after he left Buffalo. And you think of Sean McDermott up there, a defensive guy, and maybe I don't know whether personalities collided or whatever. But anyway, Leslie Frazier is interested in getting back in. He's one of the guys that's being interviewed right now out in L.A. If you go through the list of those, uh, I'm, I think these are at least guys that they've asked permission to interview. And I hope I have this right. Well, all I know is on the other side uh, in Carolina, they mm-hmm. asked Brian Johnson, the former Gators quarterbacks coach turned Eagles offense mm-hmm. coordinator, yeah. to interview for, for their position. A- and you've got Eagles fans saying, please leave, please leave. So I think several of these teams, including the Los Angeles Chargers and the Carolina Panthers, um, are, are going to launch into searches akin to Jim Irsay's one year ago in which they leave no stone unturned. They interview me, they interview Leon, they interview Matt, Joe, yeah. and JJ. Yeah, and, and look, L.A., they're desperate because they got the quarterback. They're the one 
team that basically is set at the most important position. So they got Harbaugh in there. Steve Wilkes, we just mentioned him because he is, I'm telling you, a great defensive mind. I just don't know whether or not he would fit because he's had a couple of opportunities and they have not worked out, unfortunately, for him. You'll hear two Johnsons, uh, and it's Ben Johnson and Brian Johnson. And so Ben comes from Detroit, the offensive coordinator, and then Brian, who, like you said, Mia, from Gainesville by way of Philadelphia. Now you got Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, who all of a sudden is a hot name because what did he do? You know what he did? He coached a team to a national championship with Stetson Bennett, a walk-on, and then he put Lamar Jackson right back in the MVP, not race, but in the MVP seat. And so Todd Monk is definitely going to get a lot of love. Well, here's the thing. Whoever we get as a defense coordinator, more, more importantly, is going to be who is going to be his assistants. Mm-hmm. I mean, because those are the guys that are going to spend the mass majority of time with the team, with the person the personnel mm-hmm. that he's going to be working with. And we got to make some personnel decisions defensively because, I mean, quite frankly, us interiorly def- defensive-wise is, is not very good. Just like offensive-wise, we're not very good interiorly. So it'd be very interesting who, what kind of assistant, what, uh, what kind of assistance he bring in, mm-hmm. what kind of defense that he, is he going to run, and what kind of personnel decisions he's going to make as a coordinator, if he's allowed to make any. Right. I mean, that's what it boils down to is power, and we all talk about it, and and you want to make sure that whoever you get. That's why I believe that whenever Doug made the decision and he interviewed all of his players and he said, "Okay, I've heard enough," that matches up with what my thoughts originally were, and I'm going to bounce most of this staff, the next guy coming in is going to want to put a lot of his people underneath him. So I guess well, that I, does make sense. Well, I also think that's a cop-out, too. If, 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 listen, if, if your team is struggling and players are going to the head coach saying, hey, I don't like this coach, he's just this and that, whatever, mm-hmm. then play better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you got to have some accountability for your play as well while you're going to run to the head coach talking about, I don't like the way he's coaching me. He's too <laughs> – He's too aggressive or whatever the hell they're saying nowadays or whatever. Now, I'm surprised that a head coach would even listen to something like that nowadays. You know, right. if you're not playing well, you, you, you get called out on film, you get you – get, coach gets in your face. All that kind of stuff happens in the midst of the battle, especially if you're losing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm hearing that you said that players went to the coach and said, hey, listen, this guy's not – you know, we're not communicating well with this mm-hmm. guy, this and that. You know what? The end, I said winning is a cure-all. Yeah. You play better. Yeah, because uh, – This needs to be accountability for some of the, the poor play this team played down the stretch. And the last time I checked, those coaches ain't on the field. You are. Yeah, it's football math, uh, and many people have said it a number of different ways, including what Dewey said in the locker room, was that uh, assignment football, it wasn't happening. And so that means guys you, knew where they were supposed to line up and didn't line up where could, they were supposed to line you, up. Let's think about this. Could you, could you imagine – me and Baselli going to Tom Coughlin and say, hey, you know what, Coach? You know, God bless Mike Mazur, who's passed yeah. away. Coach Mazur's too tough on us. He's too rough on us. He's, he's too violent on the sideline when we're not he's playing. He's a like, mean man. He's a mean man, you know. He, he hurts my feelings. Could you imagine what Tom Coughlin would have said to us if we had walked in that meeting room and said that to him? He us? said, let me get this right, Leon. Jeez. You're telling me. You've got, you got to be kidding. Well, me. not only that, I mean, a majority of these guys come from college programs where, guess what? Coach isn't a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach is in your face. They can be tyrants. That's yeah. why I can't yeah. believe that that's the issue. Yeah. I, I cannot. This preparation, I think, right. is right now what is being questioned, whether it's warranted or unwarranted. That's what's being. Did they do enough? And again, I go back to you, Leon. I put player and coach on this list, not just coach and not just player.
because coaches are there to develop players. They're there to make them better. They're there to game plan and basically work the midnight oil to make sure they beat the, you know, the opponent. But the player, just like you, you had to put in that extra work. And a lot of times it comes athletically maybe easier to the player, harder for the coach. Coach has got to stick around. And if one side of the ball, again, this is just what you hear, reading the tea leaves. If one side of the ball, coach and staff is sticking around, the other side walking out the door saying, we're good, we're good, we'll work on the rest of it tomorrow, I, then I don't know whether they're lining up. And, 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 and the full product no, well, is out. Well, there. first off, he's the head coach. Why would he allow his assistant to tell him, it's, we're good, we'll work on it tomorrow? Yeah. What does that even mean? He empowers his coaches. Don't forget that. He empowers his coaches to either succeed or fail. Seriously. Uh, you, so if we're struggling here for, for any reason at 1010XL, one of us is going to look at our boss, Steve Griffin, and say, ah, we'll work on it tomorrow, don't worry about it. Well, you're going to succeed or fail. And you can't run coaches out in the beginning no or chance. the middle of the I year. I say this with all due respect to Steve Griffin. Yeah. Does the boss want to have that conversation with the employee? Mm-hmm. Are they looking to be a little less like, hey, learn on your own? I mean, what did Doug say in the press conference Monday about Trevor? I- I'd rather Trevor make the mistake and learn from it as opposed to right, getting Right, but when your assistant coach him. is telling you, don't worry about it, we'll fix it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It, it, no. Yeah. No, it's going to get fixed right now. No, you stay after practice and work. It's going to get fixed yeah. right now. Yeah, you don't leave the field until the until that I'd is like rectified. Yeah, I would. And, and by the way, and then I want to see it when it's fixed yeah. because I want to make sure it's fixed. When this is all said and done, it's Doug's product, and Doug's going to be judged next year on whether this product is good enough overall. But at the very least, whatever he identified as the problem, he dealt with it. I don't know whether he's right or wrong. Because both sides of the ball were a problem. Well, he dealt with it after the season, so he's yeah. wrong. Would you have fired fired any of them? You can't fire a, a whole staff before the end of the year. You well, could, you, you could fire well, you the deal coordinator. With it, you deal with it midseason. You don't continue to take. We'll fix it. How about let's fix it right now? Well, and I'm going to watch. Well, we're, I'm not, we're guessing inside the building. Yeah, we are. We are we're guessing. There's no doubt yeah, about yeah. it. Were going yeah, on. Well, I mean, what, what we did in college, even at the professional level, if you had breakdowns on protection or you drop passes or guy fumbled or whatever, we had someone that charted each play, mm-hmm. all right? So at the end of practice, whatever was charted on each play, we had to run again. Mm-hmm. It was called perfect plays. Yeah. So if you if you running back fumbled on a, a ride 34 or the wide receiver dropped a pass on 80, scat, whatever, then we after practice, that offense or that defense had to go out there and we had to run that play mm-hmm. that, we, that we had a mix-up on because – because if what you if you allow it to happen in practice, yeah. guess what's going to happen on Sunday? You know, back to yeah. Matt's point about firing during the season. How do you know that this was even a Doug decision? This could have easily just been Balky firing a coordinator, knowing that somebody's head had to you know get yeah, chopped I, off. I believe that's a Doug decision. Uh, yeah, I don't think Balky's yeah. doing. I don't think he's. You don't think Balky has not, control over can, stuff like that? He, he could tell Doug. I think we need to yeah, make. He a change can make on the it. recommendation. Yeah, but, but I don't. Like think in other words. If if you're saying hey yeah, you got to get rid no of your way. staff that head coach has got to be the guy that's yeah. making that decision at least I believe that to be true uh, and there have been I mean, battles I, I would be I don't shocked know that I would be shocked if Bulky is not if the Bulky one who could, fired Caldwell I would be shocked if Bulky is the guy who can who can fire the the coaches on on Doug Peterson's staff I'd be shocked that Doug Peterson agreed to that when he initially signed his contract that Trent Falky yeah. is the guy who's going to hire and fire your staff. Yeah. Shocked. And, and, and they can have their own discussion on, hey, we need, we're missing in personnel, okay, and that's, that's your department. Plus, I don't think Trent Falky wants any part of that. Yeah. All he wants to do is give him the players. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I, I, that I agree with. But but if you were to if you were to look at it like, in other words, the general manager still has the overall say over the whole team. He might have had a discussion with Doug and said, "Hey, look at the misses. You got to get here. rid of one of these yeah, guys. Yeah, that's always possible. But I think this one, organic, straight from the head coach's office. At least that's the gut I get on it. And and that's and whether or not personalities were collided, work wasn't being done. I don't know. The product just wasn't good. I think it could have been the owner telling. The GM, hey, somebody has to go for this. Get rid of one of the coordinators. Yeah, and you could use the kind of the theory. Like what, there's what's a, Doug there's a scapegoat. Do yeah, there's a scapegoat that comes along with it. Yeah. I, I'm choosing to believe, and we all have opinions here, I'm just choosing to believe that the head coach said, this isn't the way we expected to finish the season, and it unraveled on us at the end. And like we said, giving up those types of scores and plays to backups and bakers, that's when he probably said he'd had enough of it. Now, he knows – He's got problems on the offensive side, too, that he's got to fix, and that's all at, at, in his lap. He's got to fix that. He believes he's got the right coaches and the quarterback to fix it. And now he gets to go to Balky and say, hey, bro, we had misses when it came to uh, when, it, when it comes to our depth, when it comes to the decisions we made on draft day. We can't go into the fourth round before we draft a defensive guy. Can't do it. And then the first guy that was drafted is Ventral Miller? <laughs> no way. And so those are those are all problems that are still sitting out there. That's for sure. When you look at the at the overall makeup of the roster, I do believe. I hope Doug Peterson, Trip Balky are having some come to Jesus meetings, looking one another in the eye, and going, "You need to do better here, and you need to do better here." You know what I mean? Like both sides, we need to coach these guys better, and we need to have better players. I hope overall. that Shad Khan is having come to Jesus moments with both those guys mm -hmm. right now, with both Shad Khan and Doug Peterson. Yeah. What what happened from eight and three to the last month of the season yeah. is ridiculous and unacceptable. Yeah, it that's what I would fell heard. apart. And and Shad and Shad's not the meddling owner, but you would like for him to say, "Hey, I, I gave you guys all this control." What was the phrase that he had? Uh, we we cracked the code. Yes, we never forget. Okay. We cracked okay. the code. We cracked the code. Okay, like I said, these are two nine and eight teams. Last year it was Dreamville in in Jayville. Now it's it's a nightmare, and so they didn't crack any code. Well, what was that catchphrase uh, after the after the first loss when they were yeah. here? So before? what now? We've been well, yeah. we've been here before. Oh yeah, we're good. Yeah. We've been here before. Then the next week, yeah, we've been here before. And peaking at the right time, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, all that right? stuff. Yeah. And so all that stuff needs to be fixed. And like I said, Doug needs to have a little urgency in his belly instead of ice cream in the belly. A little urgency in the belly, and make sure that 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 he's hungry to get the job done like he was when he was first up in Philly. Well, clearly he's out here requesting for defense yeah, coordinator he's on the move already. So it's it's not like he's sitting back. And and I can tell you this, as he walked off the podium on Monday, we had a couple of reporters, you know, just say, like, have a good offseason, Doug. Like, any plans? And he just said, I will be here. Mm -hmm. I want him to be I hungry. Be I here. love that. And, and look, and, and Mia, you're there all the time. Have you seen, you know, in other words, the personality has shifted. And it's not anger. It's not – no slamming the, the desk or anything like that. It's like I said to coach yesterday, Doug and Dave, if you said name nice guys that have been head coaches, they'd probably top a lot of people's list. But at the same time, you got to be uh, the bad guy every once in and a while. And he said that. He has to seriously consider changing his messaging. We, for all the, the joking we had about feelings, mm -hmm. go back to that five-game losing streak last year in October. What those guys said, what blew them away compared to previous regimes, 
Doug showed up every Monday and was the same guy as he was when they started two and one. Consistency's good. I think but Liam would agree with that. Then you fast forward a year after that. That well, I want to say after it was at halftime mm-hmm. of the abysmal loss to the Texans in Week Three, and suddenly Doug is having to cuss up a blue streak because he can't believe there's no effort and that it was oh we're just going to roll over them. There were what they're whatever. Like this is a cellar dweller team. And so that's where I am curious. I don't think he's going to change print, like fundamentally who he is as a head coach, but I do think he's recognizing that this group he has that had quote unquote nothing to play for this time a year ago and play was playing with house money. They're not playing with house money anymore. They're playing with legit millions of dollars that has been invested in free agent signings, draft capital, yeah. extending guys, guys who want to be extended. And, and fans' so he heartache and dollars. Right, and so yeah. he can't come – and also his job, for what it's worth, is probably mm-hmm. on the line next year if they don't win. And so that's where I think you'll see him not come out with boxing gloves. Maybe those MMA gloves like mm-hmm. that have the yeah. fingers. Six the, ounces. Yeah, like the, fi- yeah. the fingers mm-hmm. come out of it. I, I think you're going to see that. You're not going to see him yelling and screaming. That's not who he is. But – I think it became very apparent to him, especially they were eight and three. Dewey Wingard admitted it to me. Did he not? We mm-hmm. listened to the clip on Sunday night. And he said, I think we got to eight and three and we started listening to the outside world. And we started saying, we're good. We're good. We're going to make the playoffs. Oh. And then the magic, because that's the other thing I, I want to make sure we really hit on. The spark that Josh Allen was referring to that so many have said, like, you don't need a spark. You're paid millions of dollars. He's not saying a spark like that. He's referring to the magic that came out of nowhere last year, and they rode that wave. Mm-hmm. And it never came. And so that's why Doug said, you know what? Yeah. Stop waiting for the magic. Tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. Don't work. turn the ball over. Well, I think it was an interesting thing Doug said. I think it was after the 49ers loss where he said this, he thought this team was reading their, their, their clippings or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, or was it was that, after the Texans. That was, okay, I thought it was the Texas game. Yep. I thought it was Before the they went to London. When they lost, yep. when they lost to the Texans, this team. Remember because, they just needed to get out of town. Yeah, they did. They had. To, <laughs> they did. They, after losing that game, they, I'm glad they got out of town, to be quite honest with you. But no, I mean, this this team, had, you got to remember, this, this team last year was the, the, the you know, they, they were the hunters. And mm-hmm. this year, they were the hunted. Yep. And I don't think they handled it well. I don't think they handled prosperity well. At all. And, and that's sad to say because – and all the expectations coming in with this team or whatever. When you got eight and three, and you're, uh, you know, you're a sip of coffee at the number one seed, that should inspire you to, to keep on going. But somehow this team just imploded. Yeah, it did. Eight three eight says a nooner has lost his mind and crashed his car into the Jags practice facility. Did we have another one? That was on Monday, and that was Please, a, that was yeah. a female. I, I, I'm not sure if she was a nooner or not. I, I hope it's not happening again. Like we said, there were uh, pink slips given out. I don't know what's going on down there. Hopefully, no road rage. Uh, all right. So it says it, it was intentional. Yeah. So she, you know, wasn't well, like drunk driving erratic. It was just she was drunk and but pissed. Yeah. Ooh. At Balky. I'm and assuming. so she went through the gate and then through those glass doors. She's going for Balky's office. Hey, shout out to the crew that built the mech though, because it's still standing. She couldn't. She couldn't completely bring I'm it to the ground. I'm picturing Al Pacino right now in Ocean 17 or whatever it was when he's just watching everything just go nuts right there in front of him. All right, into the 1 o'clock hour. Golf yes. Club of Southampton Wednesday. Let's get to some of the news of the day in the National Football League. The Bears firing Luke Getze, retaining Matt Eberflus. What does that mean for the number one overall pick? What does that mean for Justin Fields? We're not looking at mock drafts, but we're going to look at some drafts. We also have our top five and our low five. Coming up in the 1 o'clock hour of XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Jaguars got cooked before the end of the season, and 
It's not easy to deal with it this time a year ago. You'd be getting ready with the sausage dudes to go out and tailgate. Uh, that's for sure uh, with a playoff party, but not happening this go around. So we are sorting through all of it. Uh, sad week. Yeah, because it was the end of the season. Your college football season came to an end and your Jaguars football season abruptly came to an end. Welcome into the one o'clock hour. We're far from the end. We'll roll till three o'clock this afternoon. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surson, JJ, cranking it out on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. Just a beautiful day of weather. Cooling off. You can expect that for a few days. Uh, and as things cooled off here with the season, it heated up with the firings and now getting ready to see who they're going to go with next. So we're going to stay on that, and then we'll definitely sneak into our high. You know what? We probably just need to go ahead and start launching our high five and low five because we have talked a lot about your Jacksonville Jaguars, but, you know, are the answers out there for this football team before we get to our high five and low five? Uh, is it as simple as a hire of a defensive coordinator to change things? I think everything we just went through in the first hour suggests no, because Leon, when we had, you know, at the end of the first hour, we're talking about, you know, did Balky have something to do with this? Is this all Doug's decision? Well, I do believe in a room alone, those two guys, HC to GM need to look at each other and go, dude, you got to do better. And I don't care which one said it first, because I think both of them are right. HC can look at the GM and say, dude, you got to do better. But if they were like, we <laughs> yeah. are going to say it yeah. together yeah. Both at the on same the count time. of five. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you suck. Yeah, both got to <laughs> do better. <Yeah. laughs> that is true. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, you, 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 this team has got to do better personnel-wise, too. I mean, yeah, yeah the defense exactly. coordinator coming in. Personnel-wise, and, and it's interiorly. Interiorly. You're as weak as any team in the NFL. Offensive line, defensive line. I mean, your outside guys you're good with. Cam, find a way to bring him back. Anton yeah. Harris is good. Josh Allen is good. Trayvon Walker. But interiorly, I mean, on both sides of the ball, this it's team has point. to get better. It has to get better, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it starts, up front. Your ability to run the ball, stop the run, get after the pass. And, and the most important piece is your quarterback. Yeah. Trevor's got to play better, too. you right. got to find – I mean, Trevor was on the hot streak last year. I mean, he 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 made a run into the playoffs. Could have beat the Chiefs. About a fumble here, a touchdown, to, uh, a pass, a uh, Christian Kurt there. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be an AFC Championship game. He comes in this year, high expectations, top ten player, top ten quarterback among the elites. Didn't pan out. Didn't what was your uh, what, what was your nickname for him at the end of the year? Uh, oh, nick- <laughs> it was eighteen nineteen, not the year. <laughs> So here's we what have I, to revise that. Yeah, we have to yeah, revise. Was it twenty? It was twenty one twenty or twenty twenty one or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Here, oh, here's, here's the problem that I have. Honestly, is I think by the last game of the season, that entire team was done, and I think it's very easy to say the defense played terribly. Man, I just feel like like we're all ignoring the offense. Like oh no, I don't think we are. No, no, no. I'm not yeah. saying you. I'm not yeah. saying us. I'm saying in general yeah, because I, yeah, I, but I, because I the think focus was on the not. defensive firing. It's the offense, man. Yeah. Well, you win both. in this league by scoring points. Yeah, it's both. Can no, I know, a... I know it's both. Yeah. But my point is, if you can get away with some deficiencies on defense, not week to week, but week, a couple weeks, great, another bad week, a couple weeks, great. You can do that if you score points, if you have some kind of semblance of continuity on offense, which they didn't have the entire season. I just don't know how – when he's evaluating those that coaching staff, and he said he evaluated everyone, mm-hmm. how he can actually look at that staff and the way they call plays, the way they prepared, the way they the way they scheme for teams and think we did the right thing. 
We just had injuries on the offensive line. I just cannot the, imagine that. The scene. begging question is, is, is Buddy Press being protected? And, and I don't even know if it's that. All I'm saying is well, everybody that, that, that's, has that's, injuries on the offensive line. Everybody deals with it. Teams win. The Texans beat one here with four new offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. The Titans beat the Jags in last week of season with the worst line in the league. Everybody deals with it. Why is it this bugaboo with this franchise that, oh, my God, we can't win because we have injuries? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, I think he's thinking he has the coaches that can turn it around and the quarterback that can turn it around. But there's no question. I think all of Duval is simply saying it ain't just the D. It, it was everybody. Offense, defense, special teams, everybody. Interesting note that I saw in passing today. Pro football focus, believe them if you want to or not, but I've seen it from a couple different outlets as well. Has the Indianapolis Colts offensive line ranked as the third best in the National Football League this season? The Indianapolis Colts offensive line is the same one that in 2022 was the third worst. Mm-hmm. And remember a couple years ago, it was regarded as one of the like rolling over best year after year after so year. So what happened with last Kelly year? Kelly and Nelson right. and those guys. So what happened last year? Yeah. It wasn't like they were that banged up. It was just the product wasn't there. Yeah, and man. what's even more interesting is, despite being this third best per PFF, uh, thanks to our friend John Shipley who posted this, but they had a rookie offensive tackle on that line. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was, well, he was the swing tackle, but still. The second worst rookie offensive tackle in pass pro. Mm-hmm. But yet the overall line was the third best. And you and it's the same personnel. The other, I mean, the, well, Kel- Kelly yeah. and Nelson were hurt last year, so I give them that. Yeah. But, but to your point is, you've got the same personnel there. But the other part of that last you, year, I mean, just you can't just say you know we've got injuries, you right? But the other part of it, it last year in Indy, the reason why that happened is because the quarterback went awry, the coach got fired, everything was dysfunctional. Jonathan Taylor, uh, mad about his contract, you know, on and on and on. This year, believe it or not, you know what you had? You had a consistent guy who got the ball out with short passing, and you had a quarterback who was in perfect harmony with the play caller yeah. and the offense, despite being designed for Anthony Richardson. Once he went down, Shane Steichen said, what is Gardner good at? That's what we're going to do. Jonathan Taylor's out. Okay, what is Zach Moss good at? We're going to keep doing that until the cows come home. And they weathered the storm. They really did uh, up until the end. And it was a playoff game. You can't panic when something goes wrong. It's like the old Apollo 13 thing. You know, they've got a problem. The first thing they say, what on the spaceship is good? Right, what do we got? And we'll use that to get them home. What on this team is good? We'll use that over the last month of the season, to get us home to the playoffs. Instead of banging your head against the wall, let's keep throwing it to the perimeter. uh, Again, you keep saying the same thing, too. And and I'm sitting there saying to myself, players need to make plays. Right? You also need to put them in position to make plays, too. Uh, uh, That offensive line was not in a position to help Travis Etienne make plays. If you clearly do not have guys, if you do not have offensive linemen that can get to the perimeter and block, or you have a tight end who continues to get holding calls Getting to the perimeter and getting blocks. That's coaching too. Stop running the play. Yeah. Do uh, something else. So well, what else are you gonna do? <clears throat> well, I mean, listen. Throw a slant. <laughs> How about that? I agree with that. Throw I agree a double with. slant. Well, How about that? It's a three step. It's a three step drop and a throw. It's not that difficult. I, I know what it looks like. Well, I'd well, like to see it they too. Got, well, listen. If injuries are are part of the game, I guess you got to do a better evaluation on your backups and mm-hmm. de- developing them because because players are going to get hurt, and if you got to mix and match. Yeah. And you got to put somebody in. It, it, you it's put, a brutal league. You put somebody in, the level of play shouldn't go down. Right. And don't wait until the fourth round to draft a defensive player <laughs> yeah. that you drafted with an injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. At a position that you already drafted a couple of other guys. 
Okay. That, that if, by the way, is a pretty big pick. A fourth I will round keep, pick. I will keep banging this drum. They traded up to get Devin Lloyd in the first round and followed it two rounds later with another choice at the same position. And then the first defensive guy they got the next year was in the same position. It mm-hmm. makes zero sense what he did. What, what happened to Muma? I mean, did, uh, he's, he's invisible, man. I mean, I know he's there, yeah. but I mean, is he he's a great special vacation? teamer. Yeah, a vacation. That I mean, was a he's honestly. A third. He's a third. And then, so you take two linebackers uh, first and third four, round. And then another linebacker the year after that. Waste of time. Shoot. Waste of time. The 121st pick was Ventro Miller. 121st pick. That's a guy that's the got very to play for you. First you pick a guy who's had a history of injuries. And the very first defensive player. Followed well, you it. You know you like uh, bulky likes guys. With followed it with Tyler Lacey. Followed it with a few other guys. Wow. 13, in fact. Um, all right. Couldn't get anybody to trade with him, apparently. Yeah. He couldn't offer him 10 players to move up. Yeah. Couldn't get anybody to trade with him. So you're telling me we still don't have a deal. <laughs> Can I give the Florida State fans something to cheer for? Here's, yeah. a, here's a that from the college football ranks. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Linebacker DJ Lundy has withdrawn from the NCAA transfer portal. He had initially committed to Colorado. Now he is set to return to Tallahassee. Take that, Dion. Take that, mm. prime time. Maybe that cash wasn't what he thought it was. Huh? <laughs> or maybe he went out there in January and was like, Nah, it's, it's kind of cold. <laughs> how how are guys are they received well when they hit the portal and come back? Dude, this I mean, is the se- if there was enough, you if are. they're good. Yeah. A guy yesterday, the UNLV quarterback, he made his commitment in the portal to Georgia, and then a day later flipped to USC. So now we're having kids flipping in the portal. In the portal. Wow, it's a like brand college new world. football is dead. Man. Yeah, it's a brand new world. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Golf Club of Southampton, you roll the ball out, you're going to find a great course. They definitely will take care of you any skill level. They've got the tees to basically give you that game, that experience that you're looking for, junior program, lessons, all that stuff is out there and a great membership experience that you can enjoy. 287-PLAY. Call the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget Thursday night trivia, Friday night music under the stars on the patio with a great menu item. It's all at the Golf Club of Southampton. Prime Time, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Let's dive right into it. A whole lot to get to. It's our high five, our low five in the National Football League. The final high five, low five of this 2023 regular season. And then we may even hit a little top five in the college ranks as well. JJ? We want to start with our highs or our lows? What do we usually Uh, do? We like going low. All right. Um, unfortunately, it'll be a local version uh, this time. We're going to see a lot of the Jags, I feel like. All right, last week, Mia had the Pats 5, Broncos 4, Chargers 3, the Panthers number 2, and the Washington Commanders number 1. The Washington Commanders remain number 1 because they got absolutely trounced by a Cowboys team. I think they were secretly hoping there was somehow, some way that Carolina losing just 9 nothing would somehow get them to the number one overall pick. They are number one for me, the total rebuild. At number two, the Panthers, because they literally have the number one overall pick. At number three, the Jacksonville Jaguars, just because it was the lowly storyline of the week. But there's a silver lining, folks, because coming at number four, 
the only team collapsing worse than the Jaguars over the last six, seven weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they're in the playoffs. <laughs> I thought about putting them in the low five last week. I I'm was going putting to. Putting them in this yeah. week because yeah. if you lose to Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor 27-10, I don't care that Marcus Mariota started under center. I don't care that you had a lot of start. You didn't have a lot of starters in. Devontae Smith's hurt. This guy's hurt. You can't lose 27-10 to a 5-11 and Giants team. I'm sorry. It's just not allowed. So they're at number four and at number five, the New England Patriots, mostly just because I really wanted Bill Belichick to ride off into the sunset with a victory over the New York Jets, but alas. All right, Joe, last week had the Chargers clocking in as the fifth worst team in the NFL. Patriots number four, Giants three, Washington two, and the Carolina Panthers, who scored zero points in the last two games, number one. Uh, now, a reminder, most of the time, whenever I put my low five or high five, it has everything to do with me making five, you know, trying to, to get a Lincoln out of these clubs. You know, I, I like to pay attention to the lines. Well, in this particular case, I put a team uh, at that top spot for sucking so bad because they actually did help keep my parlay alive. Uh, but the Jags are among the low five. It is one of the most disappointing stories it would be, you could argue, easily argue, this was the most disappointing loss in the history of this franchise. I go back to a few Decembers. Jack Del Rio's team comes to mind when they were 8-5 and five and they needed to win one game to get in the postseason, and they lost three in a row. Mm. And they went from 8-5 and five to 8-8. Eight and eight. And there are certainly other ones as well. But this was easily one of the worst Decembers this fan base has had to endure because of the hope that was attached to it. Jags 5. Chargers four, no explanation needed. Patriots, you savages, okay? You were a, 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 like a point and a half difference between the New York football Jets and hosting at home. It's Bilicek's last game, and you couldn't produce anything? You suck. And the Pats right now are number three in the low five. Panthers are number two. And the only reason I put the Commanders number one is because they did help me in my parlay because I was laying seven with the Dallas Cowboys in the first half of this game and they jumped out to a 10-7 lead. Couldn't believe it. I was starting to flip and trip, and then all of a sudden the Dallas Cowboys came charging back, scored a touchdown right before mm. the half. Got my parlay, so I was happy with I that. I just thought of a genius idea. Yeah? On Friday before the playoff games, mm -hmm. they should have Washington play Carolina. <laughs> Whoever wins gets the number one pick. I do like it. I think we might have floated that one before. I love that. Idea. As opposed to the lottery. I love that. Idea. Yeah. That's the answer. Every year it sounds like a yeah. good idea. And, and Peacock would pay us to watch. Yes. Instead I would of give the six opposite. bucks for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last week, Matt uh, had the Chargers at number five, the Titans at number four, the Patriots three, Cardinals two, and the Panthers number one. Matty did have a dim view of the Titans last well, week. Well, they're I mean, terrible. The Titans should be in the top five this week, and I, and I don't know why I didn't put them in there, actually. Um, it's a terrible team they lost to. I know. terrible team. I know. All right, the worst the five. What do you got? At, five got to one. Chargers at five, waiting anxiously for Jim Harbaugh to take that job. The Commanders at four. Wow, what is a horrible franchise that is. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, Patriots are now just as they're at rock bottom. They're rock bottom. It's gonna There's be nothing left in the it's hoodie. Gonna be, it's it's gonna be interesting hoodie. to see what hoodie does. Yeah. Well, even what they do at pick three. Yeah. Do they do they take like a Jaden Daniels at pick three and start over? Never know. He's it's willing to look at it. Going to be fun. I got the Panthers at two. Mm -hmm. And look, you can be upset all you want, but this team is number one. <laughs> I mean, you 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 don't gag the way they gag because let's it was gag. They had it all in front okay? of them. You had eight and three with six games to go. 
against a schedule that you could have got at least two wins out of, and you didn't. Could have gone two and four and made the postseason. Two and four. And didn't do it. All right. Last week, Leon, Chargers <laughs> five, Pats four, Titans three, Washington two, and the Panthers number one. Well, I, at number five, I've got the Patriots. Did you see Bill Belichick after the game when he walked towards Silas? I mean, he was bundled up like Kenny from South Park. And then, <laughs> then the cold, and then the handshake was just as cold as the weather. Blue. He did have the Did you see Silas C turn around when he when he shook his hand hard and he kept going? So I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah, he went up there and he went. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, that it was, was it. It was great. <laughs> so I got the Patriots at five. At four, Jameis, Jameis, Jameis. <laughs> no! <laughs> the Saints no! are four. Jameis, no! because of Jameis Winston, <laughs> I, do love I had to put them in the bottom. That was Bushley. It really was Bushley. I don't think he should lose his job or anything like that. But And then the explanation. He the, the explanation that he gave was, cl- listen, never has a off button. I love that Jameis Winston just rambles about and he goes he, about. He doesn't have an editor. I, he, he has does. no I editor in his head. I absolutely just love goes. it. I love, I love it. that you put him there. Yes, I, I got the Saints at number four. Number three, the Commanders. They're terrible. They're awful. They, 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 the Cowboys just ran through Change like the a name. Hot knife through butter. That, yeah. that, that was terrible. The name sucks. So, number two, your Jacksonville Jaguars. You know the Jaguars were to me, to be honest? You ever watch that movie? You ever watch the TV show called A Dating Game? Mm-hmm. Where the guy sits there and he hears a young lady and he's all excited about, you know, how she looks because she sounds good. Then when he turns that corner, he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's what the Jaguars. That was the Jaguars this year. That, they had all my hopes up high. I'm hearing and I'm looking and all that kind of stuff. I think I got a beauty on the other side of the wall. And when I turn that wall, I'm like, I got to go out with that. <laughs> that was the Jaguars for me this year. Oh, are they going to be back in two and two? That's the question. Yeah, you're right. Mm. So I got the Jaguars too. And then number one, it's hard in this league not to score points back to back. It's hard. Absolutely hard. But the Panthers, <laughs> zero. <laughs> they found a way. Zero. I mean, listen, they ought to be applauded for that. By the way, back I, be- back zero I believe there was a guy who was like a serial killer on the dating game. Look that up. Fun oh, fact. Really? All right, yes. Um, I had the Patriots number five, Cardinals four, Washington three. Yeah. Chargers Blind day. Two. I mean, it was you a serial killer. Panthers. No, just look it up. Look it up. All right, this week I have the Pats five, the Jags four. I still think there's three worse teams. Yeah. Washington, I think Apparently. the Jags could beat. The Chargers, the Jags could beat without Herbert. And we already saw it. The Jags whooped up on the Panthers, so I have them as the number one worst team in the NFL. All right, let's quickly do our best top five in the NFL. Last week, Mia had the Cowboys number five, Browns four, Bills three, Niners two, and the Baltimore Ravens number one. A movement for me at the four and five spot. My one through three remain the same. The Ravens, the Niners, the Bills. I know those top two teams lost with backup players, and I already bashed the Eagles for that. Different different strokes for different folks, in my opinion. Um, at number four, the Dallas Cowboys. JJ, I'm believing. My Super Bowl you Runner told us pick. weeks, months ago to believe. I'm believing. They are as locked in as anybody. And at number five, the Detroit Lions, because I don't, don't, don't do that to me in the Matthew Stafford revenge game, Dan Campbell. Please. Also, I'm okay with him playing Sam Laporta, but as soon as he got the record, you needed to pull him. Yeah. That That's not- an injury we're going to need to talk about with Dr. Bari as well, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Laporta was a guy that, well, I absolutely love, mm-hmm. and, and seeing him go down like shook me. I didn't realize rookie tight ends were allowed to make catches. 
It but apparently is they are. Round upon? Exactly. Here, <laughs> allowed. Exactly. Here you get more holding calls. Than <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, his name is Rodney Alcala. Okay. And uh, look him up. Wow. Not a good guy. Um, good looking guy. That's why the women picked him on the show. They shouldn't have. All right. Last week, Joe had the Cowboys five, Lions four, Niners three, Bills two, and the Baltimore Ravens number one team in the NFL. All right. I got a strategy here, and uh, I'm leaving my Lions out because of some of the <laughs> dumb decisions that Danny's made here of late, okay? Bro, you can go for it against the Cowboys, but after a couple of flags, you need to kick the field goal and get to OT. That's bothered me. It's still bothering me. Uh, and now they've got the Rams coming to town. This is Matt Stafford's Detroit revenge. He can come back in there and ruin them. Uh, and so I still love my Lions, but I'm putting the Rams five, hoping they get knocked off. Bills fourth. What they did against Miami, honestly, the fact that he turned it over twice and then had a drop touchdown pass, and they still were able to win on the road against Miami. That was pretty damn impressive. Uh, Cowboys, three. They still can figure out ways to muck it up, but they are a good football team. We'll find out. I still smell a little bit of a possible upset with the Packers mm-hmm. coming into town. Niners, Ravens, two and one. All right. Matt had the Lions, Cowboys, Bills, Niners, Ravens. You know what? I got the Chiefs back in. I got the Chiefs back in five, and I'll tell you why. Because it's playoff time. And they beat Aiden O'Connell. And it's Patty Mahomes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going to be cold. Yeah. And – it's just they're they're in they're in their element right now. Yeah. No, they didn't playoffs. beat Aiden O'Connell. No, they beat Stick. Yeah, that's Easton. I I don't care who Easton Stick. Who cares? All mm-hmm. I know is they're at home and it's the playoffs. Yeah, and they're pretty good in Kansas City in the playoffs. Well, I got the Chiefs at five. I got the Dolphins at four. Well, that's who they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. Okay, I'm just saying. I, what am I allowed to say that? It's well, you pick them right? to beat the Dolphins, and then you just it's put a, the Dolphins ahead of him. It's to a go top ahead. five, right? You're right. I They're going to advance after they beat that number fourteen. <laughs> just telling you, I see. you asked me for the top five, I'm giving you my top five. Right. I got the Bills at three. Right. I think the Bills are a very dangerous team they right are. now in the playoffs. They're dangerous to themselves yeah. and dangerous to everybody right. else. Right. Uh, the 49ers at two, and of course, El Boogie. El Boogie, who I think the most underreported and under under talked about story of the entire season is the fact that he bet on himself. Yep. He negotiated his own deal. He's the highest paid player in the league, and now he's the MVP. And I even think mom was out of it. It was just all Lamar. And guess so what? Awesome. You wanna know what's so beautiful awesome. about yeah. it? He he had to wait his turn for the money because he was hurt. There were questions. He got the money, and look what he did. So well, we'll see what they do he was in the playoffs. For doing we right. all know Lamar Jackson has been a regular season phenom for his entire career. He was a it one all, It matters now. Yeah, he was a see one what seed. See you your boy? Once before. Hey, well, you know, Peyton Manning had the same MO. Peyton Manning did not oh, no. have one playoff um, career victory. No, I'm saying that Peyton Manning was a regular season the phenom. The was, right. And when he got in the playoffs. Well, he also had Brady. Ty Law happened. Well, yeah, you, he had to run into those Patriots, too. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think Lamar's never even been too. to an AFC title game. Right. They no, were the has, number one seed. Yeah, he only has division. Tennessee went and knocked him off. So that, that was his MVP year, if I recall. All right, Browns, this is Leon. Browns, Cowboys, Bills, Niners, and, of course, the Ravens. All right, well, my top four stays the same. At number five, I had to bounce the Browns. I mean, I know they played a meaningless game against the Bengals, but still looked bad. Mm-hmm. Beat. So I got the Rams. I got the Rams at five. I know that was a meaningless game against the 49ers, but they're a the hot team. They're, they're a hot team, so I'm going to ride. that wins. I'm going, yeah. I'm going to ride. I got the Rams at five, Cowboys at four. I hate to say it as much as I despise this team. They look good. 
Cowboys look good. They look refined. Both They'll sides let you of the down, ball. man. They'll let you down. Yeah, they will. They will let you down. I'm hoping for They're that. the Lamar Jackson of teams oh, in the playoffs. Don't do L Boogie like that. That's <laughs> terrible. So I got the Cowboys at four. At three. Lamar Jackson. I got three. I got the Bills. The Bills, they implode. The more they implode, the more they find a way to win. Yeah. That, that's, that's, Which is the opposite of who they've been the last few years. That is crazy to me. That, every time you think that, okay, there it is, Josh Allen, the interception in the end zone. Then he runs for 18 yards, gets a first down. Then he throws a touchdown pass. It's just crazy to me. I, I don't know if they can keep that on the playoffs, but that seems to be their MO. So I, I got the Bills at three. I got the Niners at two, and I got the Ravens. Still the best team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I have uh, Chiefs five, the same one as last week. Uh-huh. Chiefs, Cowboys, Bills, Niners, and the Ravens. Yeah, and, and, and look, it, Lamar does have to prove uh, or change the narrative, and, and Todd Munkin could have a heck of a lot to do with it because what Lamar represents this year – is a unbelievable talent when he decides mm-hmm. to take off and run, but he's also decided he don't need to take off and run nearly True. as often. And how about Isaiah flipping likely, stepping up and doing what he's done post Mark Andrews mm. and all the other guys that are doing stuff for them. Gus the bus. Yeah, yeah. It's Hurricane just, uh, legend. Yeah, and you got Edwards, and heck, even Justice Hill stepped up a few times here of late. Bottom line is they got a lot of talent. I mean, they got backups that actually come in and play. Believe and it. live up to the expectations. Believe it. Wow. It does happen. It is true. It can be. Uh, it's like a, uh, I'm exchanging, uh, you know, the old commiserating with one of our guys, Harley from CSS. He's like, because I'm just standing in the shower this morning going, I can't believe that happened. You still can't get over it that this team is done, not mm. part of the playoff conversation. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. You know the level of trust that I have with Dr. George Bari, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. I trust him implicitly. He just tossed my iPhone with surgical precision. Surgical precision. No fear whatsoever. Everyone else jumped back. I said, toss it to me, Gio. All right, now listen. He's more than that. He's the team doctor of Edward Waters University. He's fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. If you have sports injury questions, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. We are talking sports injuries right now with our man from Breaking Bones. So, Gio, um, Young George, uh, before we get to actual sports injuries, was his heart broken yes. over the Jaguars losing there to the Tennessee tears Titans? In his eyes. Yeah. And I called him I said, don't worry. Don't worry, son. All right, play the music. All right, so this was, I mean, honestly, walk us through this because you had he to was cancel up, George and tell him it was going to be okay. He was upset. My wife was upset. And I was just making Distraught. pasta. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> make him this is what the Jags do for my whole life. <laughs> they make you make pasta. How yeah. did you not get that pizza oven fired up after that? I was, I'm into making pasta. By the way, he did. He really? shot us pictures yeah. of this. So we'll just this Pies is the other, roll the dough, use yeah. the eggs, the flour. This I is mean, the other he just side. got back from Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Cappuccino, pasta, and pizza. Now I'm, I'm Italian. Yeah. This is the other side of Geo. So you actually made your own pasta and yes. you got your pasta. I have machine. a sensitive side, Joe. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. You had flour, you all dusted up, apron, whole thing. Did you make a gnocchi or anything like that? No, not, step by step. Okay, okay. But honestly, yeah. you were rolling yeah. out the – Yeah. So you're like, making you your own pasta. Yeah, yeah kid, not everything. just sauce. You From make scratch. your own pasta. Wow, that is yeah. very impressive. You do the w- flour in the well with yeah, the Yeah, the flour in the well and the eggs. Like my grandma. Dude, I love that. With surgical You're basically precision. my Italian grandmother. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. With surgical precision. <laughs> yeah, Geo. All right, let's get to um, some sports injuries. If you have one, uh, aches and pain, whatever it might be, in the joint area, i got to give you a, an update because Geo's tried to walk me. He's, he's, you already know I'm the softest patient you've ever had. Sans and Matt. Annoying. Yeah, sans Matt. But I told Matt I would never say anything bad about him again. Look, you didn't get a needle into your Achilles. Okay, so. <laughs> I, got, I got the PRP from him with my uh, tennis elbow, came through there uh, with flying colors, so that, that worked. But um, – on, on mine, before we get to T.J. Watt, the most important injury we'll talk about, mine is first. Um, and so anyway, you got me an MRI. We're taking a look. I have a fat pad edema problem. I already yeah, have. you just have swelling. Just generalized swelling. I actually yeah. sent it to my buddy who's a finagle doctor, and he's like, yeah, it's just generalized swelling, nothing specific. So, Peroneal uh, tendonitis, the fat pad. Gave you some it's all over the steroid place. pack. Going to do some therapy, see how it goes. Right. And so, really, it's just that's wear and tear in, in an area that it's hard to defend against, correct? I mean, you just have generalized – there's nothing specific that you have, and there's just ge- swelling around the whole ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, we did mention doing some lab work possibly if it doesn't calm down after some therapy, so we'll see how it does. Yeah, yeah. Another one from the National Football League, uh, a team that is still in the playoffs and is still in contention. Sorry to uh, – I just looked at him like he just dismissed my, my, my biggest fears, but go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. We're moving on. National Football League – uh, Sam Laporta, Iowa Hawkeye great, now the single season record holder for a rookie tight end for touchdowns. He gets that 10th touchdown, Doc, and then he goes down with what looked like an ugly injury. Yeah. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network reported that it is a hyperextended knee and a bone bruise. Dan Campbell wouldn't rule him out for Saturday's game or Sunday night's game. What say you? Well, I mean, we talk about this. So I, I saw the the, uh, the play, and he definitely hyperextended. And with hyperextension, you worry about a couple things. ACL. Explain the hyperextension. It's basically when, like when you stick your leg out, but then yeah. it goes further out than it should, right? Right. So ACL, meniscus, bone bruising. That's the, those are the three things you usually worry about. Mm-hmm. Luckily for him, it's just a bone bruise. And that's basically when the two bones hit each other. Just like you get a bruise on your arm if someone punches you, you get bruising inside the bone. That takes time. It is a day-by-day thing, sometimes week-by-week thing, depending how bad it is. And you can play once you feel fine. So if he feels good, he can definitely go back and play. Mm-hmm. So there's no, really, there's no timeline like, hey, you have to wait X amount of weeks before you can go back. But always the dumb question, is it a lidocaine candidate? Is it an, uh, I mean, it's tough because this is really inside the bone. You can always try it and see right. if it'll help, but more possibly a, a toradol or intramuscular shot so it goes systemically. Uh, but you can definitely try any of those uh, to see if they do work. But it's day by day. As long as he feels good, he can he can play. Mm-hmm. All right. So Trevor said he doesn't think he's going to need surgery for anything that has happened this year. All right. Tell us how that shoulder heals without the surgery. Well, if he has a grade one sprain, which is what people were saying, that's going to heal on its own, and that's almost like a bone bruise, just in the sense that it's day by day. Right. If it feels better, you're fine. There's nothing to do for it. You can do some therapy which usually is what we do, and I'm sure that's what he was doing. Right. And then once you feel fine, I mean, you're back to normal. There, there's no residual effects. or There should not be any residual effects with it. And um, Would you lay off that throwing motion for a while? I mean, I would. He might, at this point, he might as well. There's no point of, you know, keep aggravating it a little bit. And I would just shut it down for a couple, you know, one or two weeks, two, mm-hmm. three weeks, and let it rest and then go on his way. And the finger infection? Oh, that's right. He did have that. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was an infection. 
That's what no. it was, right? An no. infection? No. It was like when you slam your finger on like uh, a car Oh, because they were saying it was an infection on the on the broadcast. Yeah, they did that. say that, and then it was infection. just so vague, we didn't really know. I heard they're going to have to cut it off. That's yeah. what I heard. And then I the heard other it cost asking, the Jags a playoff that's what I'm spot. Asking you, the other know? theory was he gave us the finger, so that was <laughs> Oh, no, we're kidding, George. <laughs> George, you tell me like, they're going to cut it off? Oh, my God. Your sarcasm uh, radar sucks. <laughs> All right, TJ Watt, MCL. Yeah. Uh, and this is another one that you, we, we don't know the severity of it. But when it does happen, when an MCL uh, occurs, uh, severity of sprain and the length of time. Yeah, one, two, three is the severity. And time, you can go from one week to eight weeks. And, and we've seen that variable in different players in the league. I think uh, he's going to have to wear a brace mm-hmm. to protect it. Right. That is something you can do a lidocaine shot to numb it. But the okay. problem is... Um, you're going to be unstable, right? The knee is unstable. And that's why O-line may wear those braces to, to protect, prevent it. But he can wear a brace to help the valgus force in that knee if his knee is unstable. But it is a little bit dangerous to play if you have like a grade two injury where your knee gaps a little bit and it, mm-hmm. it is a little stretched and you want to go play and you go numb it up. I think that's a, there's a little risk to that. This is the playoffs, so I guess depending how much it hurts him. Right. Uh, but – if it's a grade two and he can go out and play by numbing it or taking some sort of pain medicine, it's going to be uh, a little risky. Already ruled out of this weekend's game against the Bills. Uh, we'll see if the Steelers can pull the upset. And then if T.J. Watt has a chance to play right. in the 2023 postseason. Two more uh, from the National Football League on the same team, Doc. And very instrumental if the Miami Dolphins are to pull the upset at Arrowhead on Saturday night on Peacock, which uh, I know J.J. already asked you if you're going to be watching. On, on Peacock or Do not? You have Peacock. Well, we have Comcast. I think you automatically get it. Or Xfinity. Don't you? Yeah. We get it automatically. You do. do you really? Uh, at least there was a yeah, deal. I think you did. They yeah. comp it for me. Can yeah. I have your login? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> We're talking about the Edward Waters doctor. Here. <laughs> so hey, the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Waddle suffered a high ankle sprain week 16. So that was Christmas weekend. Has not played since. Raheem Mostert also with an ankle injury that he suffered, and then. Uh, then Devon A. Chain, who did play this weekend, he also had a foot injury. Mm-hmm. But most Dan of, was rocking and rolling before he got hurt. Most of these, though, the, the ankle. So let's let's go through once again the high ankle versus the low ankle, and is there another type of ankle sprain? Since right now it's kind of vague exactly what these ankle injuries are. I mean, normally when you say ankle sprain, it's ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. Ankle, the regular ankle sprain is like the anterior talofibular ligament, um, and, and those connect your talus and, and, and your fibula. Um, then you have your uh, tibiofibular ligament, which is the high ankle sprain, and those are the ones for the connect the, the two bones, long ones that you have down in your leg. Um, high ankle sprain is always longer. Now, you said this happened around Christmas time, so now we're looking at three weeks. Mm-hmm. So now you're kind of looking at if it's a low-grade high ankle sprain starting to come back and play. So it's very feasible that they can be out there with a low ankle sprain if they're on the low end of, of the severity. But then again, we've seen high ankle sprains take, take a while. But it's just going to depend, um, but this will be on the quicker side of recovery with a high ankle sprain to go back and play if this happened around Christmas time. Yeah, and, and you're thinking about a high ankle sprain that you're trying to put out on a football field when it's wind chill minus seven. Yeah, is what they're talking it's gonna about. It's going to be like an ice rink out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that cannot be good. I would think on the joints, that's for sure. All right, John Morant. Before we go, um, season-ending shoulder injury expected to undergo surgery for a torn shoulder labrum. And, and look, this sucks because, A, he was dealing with that long suspension for right. you know, everything that had gone on, and, and then, boom, he gets back and he's balling, and then this. Yeah. Um, 
You know, labral tear, we talk, some guys have it and they get it like in football and basketball, they get it fixed at the end of the year. They play it the rest of the season. It really depends how much it's acting up. If you have a labrum tear and you feel like your shoulder's unstable, like it's popping out of place, mm-hmm. then you obviously can't play or you have a much harder time playing. If you have clicking, popping, and your shoulder's catching and causing severe pain, then you can't play. Some people, kind of like a meniscus, they get a meniscal tear or a labrum tear where it bothers them, but not enough to the point where it impedes their motion or impedes how they can play. And then you have the other side of it where it does. It catches and clicks and pops and you feel unstable, and then it becomes surgical. So for him, it sounds like his obviously has some mechanical issue with it, whether it's severe pain or the, the feeling of instability in the shoulder. Right. And that's why they're fixing it now. All right. If we uh, get questions from you, 641-1010, we'll include them on Breaking Bones Sunday morning, 730. You got a couple minutes we will make sure we get to. And, uh, Gio, if they need to find our podcast, real easy. Google, Apple, and Spotify, and 1010XL website. Yep, you can go there, check it out. Miss any of the old episodes, you can go see them there. Dr. George Bari, bariorthopedics.com. Locations all over the First Coast. Geo, thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Big Search, uh, before he goes, got to jump back in, uh, be in, and we'll bid him adieu. But you come out of that, uh, that MCL injury that T.J. Watt has, and we already know, like you said, if they play on, he'll be available. But just imagine – dealing with an injury like that and having to go up against the big man, trying to get around big source, somebody like that, which is not easy. All right, uh, Leon, before you leave, we're going to go into uh, the 2 o'clock hour. We're going to talk a little bit about the best five returning college football programs. Uh, did you have a thought in your head as far as those best five before you go? The best five? Yeah, the ones that you love. Because I know uh, you looked at your wing top five. Like preseason top five? Yeah. Uh, well, well, Georgia, Alabama – it's a standard yeah, list, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, um, Oregon, mm-hmm. probably, uh-huh. and Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would right. be my top five. Yeah, because Oregon and I'm in- look. I'm looking at quarterback players are also involved. Yeah. Carson Beck coming back, Milrose coming back. Uh, that's why I got them at my top two. I got Alabama and Georgia. Georgia one, Alabama two. Then the Ewers rest coming back, and then yeah. Dylan Gabriel going up to Oregon. Yeah, yeah. That guy's going to get right, uh, get right in uh, Bo Nix's spot with that playbook and take off. I would think the rich just. I mean, he only rich. has 145 career touchdowns. Yeah, the guy's unbelievable. Wow, these guys have crushed the rep- record books with the super senior status. That's for sure. Uh, all right, uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll have a super afternoon. All right, Big Sirs is out the door. We're yeah. going to say hello to our man Jr. Uh, with AEW uh, Dynamite tonight uh, down at Daly's place. We'll say hello to him. We're going to ask him a little bit about Dylan Gabriel leaving the team that he roots for most, uh, heading up to Oregon, as well as AEW Talk. That's all ahead in the 2 o'clock hour. It's XL Primetime. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. It's always a pleasure to say hello to this man because he's passionate about what he does and he loves sports when it comes to college football and AEW. JR, the great Jim Ross, joins us now on XL Primetime with Daly's Place, hosting AEW Dynamite tonight and more. Uh, JR, welcome in. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Hey, listen, man, we appreciate it. Uh, we, were telling, uh, we were talking to Eddie Kingston uh, yesterday when he came in and visited with us, and we're like, we always catch up with JR, and, and he mentioned a lot of the fond memories that he had with Jacksonville, much like you did when we yep. basically became the epicenter of wrestling during the pandemic. So it's good to have you guys back. Well, we're glad to be back. It's home. You know, I uh, during the, the uh, COVID stuff, 
I decided, my doctor gave me, said, you shouldn't stay at the team hotel because you're going to be exposed as the oldest member of the team uh, to COVID opportunities, if you want to put it that way. So uh, I started looking around, and uh, Tony Khan put me in an Airbnb in, in uh, uh, Neptune Beach. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got to know the area down here. on the district. So I found a condo on First Street and uh, on the beach my lifelong dream. And so I've been living in Jacksonville for quite some time. I still have my home in Oklahoma. I went back for Christmas, but uh, Jacksonville has kind of supplanted my Sooners, Sooner state. You're a smart man. Yeah. uh, But I I like it here a lot. I really do. People are great. Weather's usually not too bad. We'll ask you about your Sooners as well as maybe some crossover with the Jags as well, Jr. But give fans an idea if they're interested in coming out tonight, AEW, Back at Daly's place, what sort of show, what headliners do you guys have cooking for the fans? We have everybody under contract uh, that the fans would know booked for tonight's show. It's a tribute to uh, John Huber uh, and who passed away. He was a fixture there at Daly's place, one of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. that just did a hell of a job. Nice man, big, strong guy. Got sick and all of a sudden he's gone. So tonight's show is going to be a very emotional and a lot about that. Uh, I know ticket sales have been phenomenal. AEWTIX.com, or you can get them at the gate. Uh, so it's it's going to be a, a fun night, nostalgic, heartwarming. And, uh, and a lot of the guys are looking forward to wrestling tonight because we're going to have such a big crowd. They love that. And don't we all? Uh, you want an audience. You want to hear some noise. So it's going to be fun tonight. I'm looking forward to it. I don't. I haven't been working much because I've had some health issues, but I'm getting those under control. And uh, so Tony Khan said, we want, I need you to hear on Wednesday night. I said, well, I'll be there. You know, you want to, I, I, I can, I can make that drive. It's easy. <laughs> and I've been there many times, every week for a year or more. So it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very blessed. That's awesome, Joe. I was just going to ask you, how how you feeling? How's, how's everything going with, it was the on your leg, right? The cancer spot on your leg? Yeah, I had 22 radiation treatments, and it left quite the scar uh, and a trough, so to speak, uh, while this damn thing is healing. And then I found out uh, about a month ago, one of the reasons that my healing was so slow was I had my high sugar levels. I didn't know I had high sugar levels. And so all of a sudden, I'm going from not knowing anything about the sugar levels to giving myself an insulin shot in my gut every night right. uh, with sugar diabetes. So. But it's got everything under control. I got, you know, Dr. Uh, uh, Ario is one of the Falcon doctors, mm. and he's my guy. So uh, I'm getting better. It's just a matter. It's just not as quickly as I would like. I've gone to the wound doctor every Tuesday for over a year to get this damn thing scraped of all the dead tissue and things of that nature. I should start to be so blunt, but you asked. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, uh, it's, it's getting better. The, the diabetes is under control. Uh, I've lost about 30 pounds, maybe, maybe more. I weighed, I weighed uh, 214. No, I weighed 210 mm-hmm. this week. Uh, and uh, for me, when I was at about 240 or 250, that's quite the change. So yeah. um, things are coming along, guys. You know, hell, I, I'm above ground, and I'm, I've got a great place to go tonight, see all the fans. It's very exhilarating, and and uh, it's you, know, you feel love. You feel like you mean something to people, and, that's what I've always felt like living here in Jacksonville. I wish this football season had ended a little bit better, but yeah. nonetheless, I'm sure you guys have worn that out. But anyhow, uh, 
here I am, and here we are. That's awesome. That's so awesome to hear, Jr. Hey, hey, Jr. When you go to these events, you still get juiced, right? After all, so many times you've done it. What's it like when you're walking into that arena? I'm, I'm if I'm not as excited as I normally am, something's wrong. Uh, it's not. It's never gotten old to me. This is my fiftieth year in pro wrestling, 2024. Fifty years. I've been doing this crazy thing. My dad told a buddy of his one time, way back in the day in the 70s, he said, my boy has ran off and joined the circus, and I don't think he's, and I don't think he's ever coming home. <laughs> uh, and look, it's been entertainment. Like you said, people love to see you, to see the show. It makes you feel great. You, you provide a service in so many ways. We're talking with JR, uh, the famous Jim Ross, and, and you can find him on social, always active at JR Barbecue. And, and we've got the AAW Dynamite and Rampage tonight, so basically a live show and then a tape show. And then Sting is in the fold tonight. Yeah, he's on. You know, I, I was around Sting when he first broke in the business uh, back in Oklahoma, back in the in the uh, I don't know, what the hell it was maybe eighty mm-hmm. something like that. I've known him his whole career. There's not a finer guy in the business than him, and in a business where paranoia runs deep, as the song says, "Deep in my heart it will seep." Mm-hmm. Uh, starts when you're always afraid. Man, come along and take it away, or something like that. I can't remember all the lyrics. I can barely remember what I have for breakfast a while ago. Uh, and it, but nonetheless, it's uh, it's been it's been great. It's been it's great. And now the business is better. There, AEW has, has opened up the eyes of a lot of people in the wrestling world. You know, we go to Wembley Stadium and do eighty thousand plus people. Wow, that's pretty that's pretty amazing for a little startup operation. And I'm very happy to be working for the cons. They've they've never broken their word. My checks are never late. Uh, I've taken care of, uh, uh, and I appreciate all they do for the talent, and me especially, quite frankly. Speaking of the cons, Jr., I couldn't help but scroll your Twitter feed. Bob Stoops was in Jacksonville two days ago. Your boy from Oklahoma was he uh, quietly meeting Did he about coach the defense, right? The vacant defensive coordinator position with the Jags. Great hiring, that. Yeah, he uh, he and his wife have a home in uh, uh, Point Point of Vitra, I think it is. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. they used to have one in Crescent Beach, and then yeah. moved, uh, sold that one, and then I believe got the PV lot. Awesome. Yeah, he, he bought a nice, he, he bought a lot, built a beautiful home. I saw pictures of it. I'm going down the next time he's in here. He's invited me, but Bobby's been a great friend of mine for over 20 years. You know, he he was at OU 18, mm-hmm. and I was around the. I live, I have a home in Norman, so I was around Bobby a lot. And uh, so when they came in for a visit, he wanted to come see my place. So. He and his wife came up here and uh, hung out for a while. Then we went to, we had, uh, you guys know where the brunch house is on 3rd yeah. Street? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where we went, and they loved it. It's just, it was exactly what we were all looking for. A little beachy place, great food, good service, and yeah, they had tables. So you could actually sit down at a nice t- table and eat. So we, we had lunch and uh, talked a little football, as you guys can imagine. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the OU program and, a little dabble a little bit in the NFL, what's going on there. And he, he's, you know, he got offered several jobs to head co- be a head coach in the NFL. And I, that may be one of his smaller regrets. I'm not sure that he didn't try it. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it because he is a guy that uh, disciplined, organized, passionate, you know, all the things that you would like to uh, hear uh, describe a coach. And that's exactly what he is. A couple more for JR. He'll be uh, in Daly's place tonight with AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage. So Oklahoma, your passion, like we said, 12-team playoff next year, JR. Oklahoma and Texas coming 
to the SEC. Texas, of course, was the talk of the of the league as they were able to make it in the playoff. How, how much are you looking forward to those two teams joining the SEC? Well, this, here, here's the thing. It's going to give all of the stands, us uh, diehard, a, a new stadium to visit. Mm-hmm. A new, a new, a new team, new teams to fight mm-hmm. with, to battle, to punch it out with. So I'm excited about it. You know, we we beat Texas this year in the Cotton Bowl, and uh, that was uh, that was their only loss until they got in the playoff. And uh, so they, you know, they're they're always going to be our arch rival. We're never going to cheer for them. I did not cheer for Texas in the playoff, even though they're a good for you. Big Twelve team. I'm, I just didn't do it. I, I'm, I'm. I'm loyal to you. I'm going to be loyal to you every day, not part time. So uh, <laughs> Texas and, and Oklahoma will add some sizzle to the league. They'll add a little juice, something new, and and you know that they're going to be wanted men when they travel these schools when they go to Ole Miss or they, you know, we're we're playing Alabama in Norman on Thanksgiving yeah. week. And that's awesome. That's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't. I'm not saying you guys got to be Alabama fans, and I'm not saying that for myself either. But I mean, come on, that's for our hometown guys to come go see Alabama. I think our first SEC game might be against Tennessee. So we're playing some heavyweight teams, as all as everybody would expect. And I think we're going to be okay. And we're we're still rebuilding there. Brent Venables, who was at Clemson forever, is doing a magnificent job. But he just he's just kind of had to start all over when Lincoln Riley bolted in the middle of the night. Uh, it, it 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 didn't leave us. He didn't do us any favors. He was, he started recruiting players that had already committed to OU, and then he talked them out of coming, and he took the quarterback with him, who's now going to be the number one pick in the draft. We're seeing. Let's bridge two things together before we let you go, Jr. And of course, you can purchase tickets to tonight's AEW show at Daly's Place at AEW Ticks. That's T I X dot com. A little crossover, Anton Harrison, a guy that you saw blossom at Oklahoma and then his first yeah. year in the National Football League with the Jacksonville Jaguars after being selected 27th overall. Um, you obviously knew what we all found out this year. What did you think of the rookie out of Oklahoma? I thought he represented himself very well. You know, he started at right tackle, I guess, pretty much every game, mm-hmm. you know, at least most of the games. Uh, big, athletic kid and tough. So uh, he had a we have one. We're blessed to have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, Bill Biedenboe, there at, at OU. And he was he when I talked to him about Anton, he was very high on him, and he recruited him, he coached him, he knows him. He said they're going to get a they're going to get a great player. It'll it take him a little time to adjust to the speed of the game, as they all we all talk about. But I'm proud of Anton. He's a I keep in touch with. Him. I send him a text every now and then just to. Let him know I'm watching, and, and that uh, we're very proud of him. And he's going to be fine. And Anton will not be the problem for the Jags going forward. He's going to solve some problems. Yeah, and, I think. And the offensive line needs a little bit of help, as we all know. You got that right. And he may be on the other side before it's all said and done. We don't know. Well, listen. Uh, uh, happy you're, as you said, feeling great and healthy. Uh, keep that part going, number one, uh, and then enjoy tonight uh, at Daly's place. I sure will, guys. I always appreciate you having me on. Uh, this is my favorite radio station in Jacksonville by far. I love it. And it's it's my buttons are stuck on ninety two point five, and uh, so I'm I'm part of your family. Whether you know that I'm, I'm adopted, you've adopted me. 
So yeah, you are. Work, and, here we are. And, 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 and we got to get you in studio one day just so you can hang out with us and story tell, okay? I'd, I'd love to. I'd right. love to. I'm, hey, I'm around. All right. So hey, let's the Jags aren't playing, so we got some time. Let's yep. make it happen. Thank you very much, JR. Thanks, JR. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate you very much. All right, buddy. See That's going to be awesome. AEWTix.com. Let's hit of that real quick, but you can go AEWTix.com and get to Daly's Place tonight. That just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars if you're watching on youtube and you saw my face just go what and my jaw drop Mm -hmm. adam schefter and this is adam schefter this is not a fake account is reporting that pete carroll is expected to be out as the seahawks head coach he still could remain in the organization but will not be the head coach so the oldest coach in the national football league let's react to that coming up uh they played well enough uh, but uh, they needed to maybe force the hand of Pete Carroll. Let's get into that coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. If you had Mike Brabel and Pete Carroll getting the axe, before Bill Belichick in this crazy coaching carousel of 2024. Uh, You need to head to Vegas right now, folks. In case you're just joining us, the news of the day, the shocker, just moments ago as the Seattle Seahawks have announced that Pete Carroll will no longer be their head coach. In a statement, Jody Allen, the chair of the Seattle Seahawks, saying that Pete Carroll's role will evolve from head coach to remain with the organization as an advisor, goes on to say that he will always be a beloved member of the Seahawks family. That reads to me like Pete Carroll is being pushed out because earlier this week in multiple interviews, he said he still had the juice. He still had the intent to be a head coach, to be a coach in the National Football League. Defensive coordinator, maybe? Bueller? Uh, uh, Look, look, I I would would jump at the chance whenever you say, hey, how would you like to have a Vic Fangio or any of these guys? And Pete Carroll, people might forget because you remember that unbelievable offense that he had at USC back in his college days. He came through New York, New England, those NFL towns as a respected and heralded defensive guy. And his image probably changed a little bit when he went to Southern Cal and then he goes up to – Seattle, and guess what drops in his lap? Russell Wilson. In the third round. Drops in his lap. Thank you. Thank you, Gene. Yeah. Thank you, Gene Smith. (laughs) Exactly. Brian Anger here, he's a weapon. He's not a punter, he's a weapon. And they had Russell Wilson up there, and the rest is history. But he evolved and has always been one of those energetic guys that players seem to respond to and gravitate to. And so you got to give him that. I mean, what, what a fun guy, I would think, to play for. And still could get fired up. But I said to you right before we were coming back, if they did want to push, you know, not push him out the door, but ease him out the door and say, hey, Pete, we can't thank you enough for everything you've done, but we need to look in another direction. They lost a football game to the Pittsburgh Steelers at home when they should not have lost. And then they put themselves in a very tough position, barely beat the Cardinals this past week, get knocked out of the postseason as the other play our teams in their division the Rams pulled themselves up from the bootstraps with great drafting and good play and they make it to the postseason when Seattle doesn't and so that's sticking in their craw I'm sure up there a little bit do we buy this notion that 
Pete Carroll is just going to transition to an advisor role, especially after what he said earlier this week, because I, I see some of you on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures suggesting, you know, would he be the Tom Coughlin, the executive vice president? It's not that title. Well, it, it just says advisor, which is why is he being forced into that role? Was he convinced into that role? Would he be available if another team came to him with a coaching offer? I, I don't. I, I think you'd have to compensate them mightily for that. And, and it would only be for a head coaching position. I do not think you could even – they would even entertain the idea or he would entertain the idea of coming in and clocking in and clocking out as a D.C. or anything like DC? that. No. Yeah, I oh, know. He, he is, he's royalty right now. Where do you put him – He's head coach. Yeah. Where uh, do you put him on the list of candidates like him, Vrabel, Harbaugh, Belichick? Uh, as far as the hottest candidate right like now, it's Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is the hottest candidate. No, right but I'm now. saying, where would you put uh, Pete. Pete Carroll? Uh, if he wants to be a head coach, he's probably one or two. Yeah, I'd Ooh, probably. No, I, no? I, 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 Jim what Harbaugh's he's been the, able to do with that lack of once Russell Wilson left and they threw a bunch of picks yeah. at him and said, figure it out. I just don't think he, he's a better head coaching candidate right now than Vrabel. Yeah. Oh no, or I would agree Belichick with that. or I put, Harbaugh. I put Harbaugh, and I would, I would, I might have to sit there and ponder Vrabel for a little while. Because in the end, he did some good things, but how much? Uh, Harbaugh, or excuse me, Belichick and Pete Carroll, you Old have to guys. look at them like, yeah, okay. If you're, you can't risk your future on something that has maybe seen his best days pass him by. And that might be the case for Belichick well, and to, for Also, to be fair, though, Pete Carroll. the NFL coaches there, the highest commodity are the ones that have won playoff games. Yeah. Playoff games are everything. Yeah. So and those two. And yeah. Harbaugh's won playoff games. Belichick's clearly won playoff games. Mm-hmm. And Pete Carroll's clearly won yeah. playoff games. Vrabel's two and, and three. So is Vrabel. Right. Yeah. Vrabel's won two playoff games. Yeah. So it's, but, but he, you know, he went and picked all off. They're all hot commodities right, right now. He went and picked off a number one when they beat Lamar, and then he got picked off by, by Burrow and company when right. they were the number one. Right. And so they've lost their share, and like, like you said, just below 500. The interesting drama that could unfold from here in addition to Pete Carroll looking over whoever the head coach's shoulder, is that by all accounts from the NFL Network, from ESPN, from everybody who's speculating and just finding out about this in real time, it does appear that there is interest in bringing Dan Quinn back to Seattle, which obviously, if the Cowboys don't get the job done this year, there's a lot of folks who believe Jerry Jones was intent on keeping Dan Quinn in Dallas so he could replace Mike McCarthy if he needed him to. And and – He's tried to be clear, and Jerry's never completely clear. But he says, "I can't tell you enough, you know, how impressed I am with what the uh, the the Cowboys are this year and what Mike McCarthy's done." And he's behind him 100 percent and all this kind of stuff. But he loves Dan Quinn too. And Dan Quinn has said, "Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get in that interview room again." And so he's basically going to take interviews and is going to be a candidate uh, for those jobs. He's one of the few, at least right now, on the defensive side of the ball that you would say, "Let's go for that guy." There aren't there are, like if Brandon Staley comes walking up, you're like, bro, you're on the wrong side of the of the game plan. You're a defensive guy, uh, and you sucked. So we are not interested in you. He's the only defensive guy right now that has a little cachet with uh, going along with him. At least I think. Well, let's, let's, let's also be honest. If, if mm-hmm. Green Bay wins that game, Mike McCarthy's he's out as coach. He's not. There's no way they're keeping him. Probably not. But that's what Jerry wants to keep saying all the right things right now. But if they get dumped in the first round at home, yes, then they, he probably will bounce him. Yeah, he probably and he'll will. probably hire Dan Quinn, which yeah. then would be a flaw to Seattle's plan. What's crazy for me is if Bill Belichick and the mm-hmm. Patriots are to part ways, 
you're looking at a scenario since you brought up Brandon Staley, Joe, mm. where like the Brandon Staley's Arthur Smith's of the world, Mm-mm. they're not getting another head coaching no. job because these other guys on the street who are also available are undoubtedly getting a head coaching job if they want it. Because I saw the report from Diana Rossini that there's potential for Mike Vrabel to want to take a year off. Um, but if he wants a head coaching job, he'll get it. If yeah, Bill he- Belichick wants one, if Pete Carroll wants one, They'll get it. Yeah, it's just a matter of what their timeline says to do. Do I want to be off? In the case of Vrabel, you can. The other two, they may say, hey, I don't need to be off because my days are numbered. I want to stay in it. So I don't know exactly what Pete Carroll will end up doing. It sounds to me like Belichick says, I'll stay here and coach, or you're going to have to let me go, and I'm going to go coach somewhere else. Let's do the Pacifico push to the playoffs coming up here in just a second. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. That just puts you in a good mood right there. Uh, I like to start off our Pacifico push to the playoffs from the Atlantic to the Pacifico. Found in Baja, imported by surfers. Ask for it when you belly up to the bar. A delicious Pacifico you will enjoy. Let me give you some numbers, people. This is the sad reality and the joy for others when it comes to the playoffs. Turnaround teams heading back to the postseason. Every single year this happens, and here we go again. A half dozen playoff teams that were not there a year ago. They are back in it to win it, and that includes the Green Bay Packers that we were just talking about. Uh, We may have the Green Bay Packers upsetting the Dallas Cowboys. We will find out soon enough, but you definitely have them Back in the postseason, post-Aaron Rodgers, it's worth pointing out. They were knocked out last year. Remember, he walked off, had the I love you sign to the Packers fans. Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns are back in the postseason. Flacco turning 39 years of age. The L.A. Rams, after they were kind of left for dead, after winning the Super Bowl, eliminated last year. But here they are back in it this year. And then you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers that were able to get back in the postseason, and the Detroit Lions, and the one team I haven't mentioned, the one that hurts the most, the AFC South champion Houston Texans back in the postseason. When you take a look at the way these teams put it together, four out of eight divisions have brand-new champions this year. It just constantly turns over. And when you look at it, the AFC North, the AFC South, the NFC East, and the NFC North, it's always going to be this way. If you aren't spot on, someone's going to take your place. Yeah, it happens. The Texans are going to do exactly what the Jags did last year, too. Yeah. They're going to win a home playoff game. Yeah. They're going to win that game. They'll get to the division round. They'll probably lose in the division round. But it's, mm. it's going to be a lot like what happened last year. Mm-hmm. And then going into next season, it's going to be all the talk's going to be over the Texans next year. Probably. And I look, they when we were talking about the postseason, it was four versus five. This team was going to win the AFC South. They were going to be locked in. Cleveland Browns were locked into the five. So you're looking forward to the idea of facing them here. The Houston Texans are thinking the exact same thing. We know who our opponent is. The last time the Cleveland Browns went down to Houston, they ended up winning, but they forced Flacco into a couple of picks, and we'll find out how it goes. But that's that's where it's at. Four out of eight divisions flipped and had new champions. Hard to beat a team twice in one season. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Texans are going to be hedging their bet on. Um, yeah. And at the same time, I do think that – that that secondary and that defense, C.J. Stroud didn't play the last time these two teams faced each other. Not only that, I, th- I think the Texans have the best chance of beating the Ravens. Mm-hmm. If, you're t- if you're talking about those both those teams, mm-hmm. I just feel like the Texans. You're talking about because, scoring because ability, they can score the ball. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going the opposite way. You, I think the Browns are going to win. I, you do. I, I just I just think that defense is 
the most ferocious defense in the AFC right now, and that's with all due respect to the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. I think that secondary, especially if the Texans don't have Noah Brown, they don't have Robert Woods, they only have Nico Collins. And, yes, I know he tore up the Indianapolis Colts on Saturday night, but the Indianapolis Colts defense, Cleveland Browns defense, a little bit different. The last time these two teams faced, C.J. Stroud didn't play. They got behind early. They all but punted on that game. And that's where I think it will be a challenge because, mm-hmm. I uh, listen, and it's not crazy marquee names. Like, I know Denzel Ward was a, a highly drafted pick, Greg Newsome, but they're not guys that you talk about. You talk about Miles Garrett, yes, and I think he will create some havoc on Saturday. I'll tell you what, Newsome, some of those guys in the back end, they are good. Good. Martin Emerson. Yeah. Good. good. Yeah, I, I get all that. I yeah. just, I, I mean, you're also – you're also banking on Joe Flacco going into a loud environment. Yeah, at some and not, point, and not giving it away a couple right. times. At some point, it's going to end with him, but I, I don't know if it is going to come this weekend. All right, real quick, because we'll do a Pacifico push to the playoffs again tomorrow and actually look at the games before we make our picks on Friday. But how about this? This is since realignment in 2002, and it gives you an idea if you build it, which is what we thought Doug and, and company were, were doing after last year coming into this year. If you build it, they will come. And think of the regularity of these teams making it to the postseason. So since 2002, the Green Bay Packers have won a dozen division titles. They have been in the postseason 16 times. Kansas City, 10 titles, 13 playoff bursts. Pittsburgh, 9 titles, 14 playoff bursts. Philly, 14 playoff bursts and 9 titles. Baltimore, kind of middle of the pack, but still, since 2002, over a half dozen titles. 10 playoff appearances, and you can say the same for Dallas. So there are teams with regularity that make it, and this football team here needs to be able to do the same. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. They need to get right back on that horse and fix the problems that they had this year. Pacifico, push to the playoffs from the Atlantico to the Pacifico. Make sure you order a delicious Pacifico when you head to your watering hole like Taco Lou. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Frank Frangie joins us now a cool January Wednesday. Ooh, it's cool out there. Yeah. How about it, Pete Carroll? I know. Isn't that a little bit of a shock? Oh, actually, shock you know what? That ain't a shock. The fact that he's 68. He's 72. The, he's 72. He's 72. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to put that much age yeah. on him, but he's the oldest coach of the National Football League. Yeah, yeah. And he leaked oil a little bit, or his team did. did, down the stretch. So, anyway, I – I shouldn't say shocked, a yeah. little surprised for sure. You know, when I was shocked, you, you said it exactly right. I was yeah. shocked when I heard it. Then when yeah. you think about it, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. So, and, huh? and by the way, like I said, I think of everything through bets. Yeah. And they should have beaten Pittsburgh. Right. And they barely beat Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and they were playing for a playoff spot, Frank. Right. <laughs> uh, right. We, all, we, all, we, we know that all too well here. You think we're done? You think, you think Belly's out or no? Belichick uh, out? I feel like. What do y'all think? I think he's waiting to see either keep me here and do something or trade me and let me go coach somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's done. You think, yeah, man. you think he's done? I yeah. think he's done because I think he's going to just it's ride funny, off into I, the sunset. He's not coaching anywhere else. No. But Bill but, Belichick's not going to go coach them. Uh, apparently, so he sent the assistants home and said, we'll reevaluate yeah, next week. He's so. like, I have like come 180 because these guys went against me. I've said, I think he would ride off to the sunset. And then they're like, wait a minute, he's going for that record, 347. No, he'd have to go two more years I could and win him, basically I could, half his game. I could see him not. I could see him coach at the Patriots next yeah. year. I couldn't see him coach anywhere else. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure he's out as a Patriots coach, but I don't think he's going anywhere else. So yeah. listen, uh, today we're going to talk all about the Jaguar stuff, but I got a lot of thoughts about that. Where are the Jaguars? Right now they're down and out. Who are they? 
Are they a good great team? Question. Are they an average team? Are they a great team? Are they? You are, they, are what your record says you they're an are average team. per built parcels, right? and they are just above a 500. They're, yeah. me, they're mediocre? Yeah, they're an average team right yeah, now. Yeah. Better than average? Yeah. Less than average? They're right at average. average. There's <laughs> I, I don't know, but 11, 11 yeah. games in the season, yeah. they could play any play with anybody. So, so, six, yeah. so, six, so 16 or 17 on your power pole. That's what mm -hmm. I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Middle yeah. of the pack. Oh. The middle quarterback the pack. is middle of the pack, yeah. too, right now. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird dynamic because they got a quarterback – who might be middle of the pack forever, or might be really good one. We still don't know that he's not going to be great, right? You know, but we all, but we also know that hadn't happened yet. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, the carousel is crazy today. I'm yeah. going to match up coaches with jobs, Mia. Okay. I'm going to give you. You're going to play matchmaker. I'm, I'm going matchmaker. to matchmaker today. We're going to matchmaker today. On the, what do you think, Joe? You like that? Well, uh, Leon told the story earlier about the dating game. Whenever he selected the individual, yeah. and then they swung her around, he went, "Oh no!" I <laughs> <laughs> changed my mind. So we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. We'll talk something about the carousel. We'll certainly talk about. Uh, uh, the Gators in the portal slowed down a little bit, I guess, huh? And FSU's up at and the top FSU's of the portal FSU's done a rankings. great job of the portal. Yep. Again, they, they got about 10 guys. And they, yeah, they didn't did go get, get a bunch. bunch. They're going to be really good. They didn't go get a bunch. They right. got the ones they needed. They got the ones. I'll come in a bit. Thanks, guys. All right, sounds good. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ, they will all have it coming up. But, uh, you know, we didn't hit the portal rankings. We'll do that a little bit tomorrow. But FSU, again, selective. And got guys that they wanted to fit positions that they needed. And right now, they're moving up in the portal rankings. And whatever the composite says, uh, I'm sure agrees between the composite of recruiting and the transfer portal. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. I will briefly leave you with some numbers. This is courtesy of Daniel Griffiths of Jaguar Report. Mm -hmm. The Jaguars crossed the 50-yard line 118 times this year. They scored on 56% of those drives. They turned the ball over on 25% of them. Maybe Doug Peterson was correct when he said, if you clean that up, that changes the trajectory of where this team is headed. All right, my takeaway is continue to help the JR and go watch AEW tonight, mm -hmm. man. Go That's watch a good one. Fun. Yeah. That is a good one. Yep. Um, uh, my takeaway is that when we went through the path to the playoffs, 50% of the, the 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 divisions were won by different teams. Right. And again, a half dozen new teams have stepped in. You better hold your spot. We talked about the regulars, the regular appearances that these heritage teams have had. You need to become one of those if you can. That's what we want in Duval. We are done. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget 287 play. You can get on the T sheet. You can get out and enjoy a great round of golf. And don't forget Thursday night trivia. Friday night under the lights with the music on the patio. Always great stuff at the Golf Club of Southampton. Joe C., Mio O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs, and JJ, you got the Frangie Show coming up next.